This is a Your Last Resorts production. That's one of those things that's funny, like, for entertainment, I think, that, you know, I think sometimes people like to hear about it, mm-hmm. but it's something that they never really understand unless they have to do it. Just like, I don't know how annoying that dude in your office is or that the printer breaks every yeah. day. It's like what most people don't know about shows, even if they're like high-end Broadway productions, once you get behind the curtain, everything is scotch tape, rubber bands, yeah. and please don't fucking break. <laughs> it's, it's the lowest. They want to spend as little money right. as possible. You spend a million dollars on your star. You won't yeah. spend $5 on glue. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I I mean, I can't talk too much shit. This, is, this one fell off. It's mm. taped up with scotch tape right, now, right. instead of the actual adhesive well, it's, strip good enough works and this is like yeah. my former like one of my it's still one of my hobbies scientifically is evolution i love mm-hmm. it and people also talk about the survival of the fittest which is so far yeah. from what that means or what Dar- darwin never even said evolution he hated that term yeah but the what i'm getting to is that in evolution in biology good enough works mm-hmm. you don't have to be the fittest you just have to survive and reproduce yeah, it's a really low bar. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and yeah. that's, the, but that's that's the rule for life. I mean, as I get older, that's what I said. I kind of feel like the rule for life is not like. And as a performer, I've always been like in my head one of those people that's like, oh shit, that shit sucked. People come up, I loved your show, yeah, but yeah. I fucked this up and I fucked it up. Like, you got to get away from that because just like biology, mm-hmm. good enough is, is enough. Yeah, the crowd's happy, be happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got to enjoy the simple things, but you also got to like strive to better, not yeah. always settle well, for mediocre. I, I feel like yeah, it's great to strive, mm-hmm. but don't turn striving to it's to me. It's the same thing as like hustle culture when people are like I'm hustling. I'm like, you're turning everything into a capitalist endeavor. You're <laughs> sucking that you are sucking the joy it's out of fun, anything yeah. that you like. Yeah, I'm like, because I I had a their brief period of time where I was at the right age and the right person, right nerd at the right mm-hmm. time. Where playing video games competitively, I was early yeah. on. I was doing that, doing LAN parties, and I actually made a little bit of money playing mm-hmm. in like arcade tournaments and stuff. But I very quickly realized to be very good at this, to be very yeah. good at anything, you have to suck the joy out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's and it's finding that balance where you don't lose all of the joy. But even like, I mean, yeah. I've never played. Uh, like, I'm still I'm young in a in the co- comedy sense moving up but right. I mean I played at the, like almost the highest level you could play at in football I played division one college football yeah that's huge and <laughs> the the jump between like junior college football and d1 football the fun they suck out of it like you were saying mm-hmm. is insane by the end of my football career I hated football, football right like I was they <laughs> took every it. ounce of I fun get it. <laughs> practice games everything about it mm-hmm. I was like fuck this like yeah. I don't want to what'd you play uh, defensive end. So okay. I was about like forty pounds heavier than I am right, right now. But. I've I've got a, a cousin, and this is that uh, you remember the uh, when we did the European leagues of America. Yeah, yeah. He played for the Barcelona Dragons. Oh, that's that's such yeah. a cool experience. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, like he he'll tell you that it was the greatest time of his life. But, but yeah, I just remember talking because he played D one, yeah. and then yeah, and it was you know it's pretty obvious I think for a lot of people mm-hmm. like you're not on the cusp right you're, yeah. you're either you either know you're going to go to the NFL or you yeah. don't right yeah it's pretty there's like the there's like the seven people that it's a possibility <laughs> right. and maybe one or two of them will the other 50 people are like I just didn't want to pay for school and yeah. that's kind of what it is and I feel like like because like we haven't talked in depth about this but I got to watch it he's uh he's like 2 years younger than me so it was very yeah. contemporary for me at the time and him watching it and being like 
yeah, you're probably not going to make the NFL. If you really bust your ass, you might you could make practice team, yeah. which is still a huge achievement. A huge thing, not, but yeah. People will shit on it back home, too. They'll be like, oh, you're the practice team. You're like, motherfucker, you try and get on the practice team. For it, no, exactly. <laughs> it's it's portrayed. The, yeah. the practice squad is always shit on, like yeah. it's some <laughs> negative thing. Dude, if you're they the, need you. If you're <laughs> on the practice squad for three years, you yep. get a pension for the rest of your life starting at 50. Yep. If you're on the practice squad for five years... You get a pension at 35. Wow. Like, and all yeah. you got to do is, is like, yes, it sucks that you're not on the team in the games, but like you're there for practice right. Monday through Thursday, which like NFL practice is mostly in yeah. jerseys and gym shorts anyway. Your They're not plays tackling. and strategies yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to have already done all your hard work in the gym and coming yeah, up. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what he was like. I remember this something like somebody said to him like, oh, well, you know, that you're being like, Barcelona's right. He's like, okay, cool. Sure. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's, it's play football for money. Yeah, and exactly. the answer is always yes, right? Yeah, Unless yeah. your body is broken and you've already had a career or something else, like the answer is yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. There's kids on my team that would have killed to play for the Antarctica football <laughs> right. if they were starting that shit up, like let alone the European one. So I totally get what you're yeah. saying. Uh, I'm gonna do the intro real quick. Cool, to the yeah. Podcast. We'll just this will be like a cold opening. I want to make sure it's Eric Sprague. Is Sprague? Sprague. Okay. Sprague. All right. Sprague. Sprague. Want to make sure I say it right. Mm-hmm. And then your book is once more through the modified looking glass. Right? Yeah, that All is right. correct. Way to make go. Make sure I plug yeah, it. Damn. All right. Research and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to make the podcast good, fun. It's you know fun you, for my guests. You, you too. violated the first podcast rule, which is you're putting in effort. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly? <laughs> All right. I'm gonna do the intro in three, two, one. And welcome back to the Your Last Resort podcast with your host, Brandon Lejean. This week, I have a special guest who, if you're watching, needs no introduction. But uh, he has a book called Once More Through the Modified Looking Glass. You can get that on Amazon. My guest, Eric Sprague, I said that right? That is right. And uh, you all might also know him as the Lizard Man. Famous that's that's from... probably the easier yeah, go to. That's, yeah. that's the hook, right? <laughs> I'll probably uh, rotate between calling you Eric and just not using... You a... can yeah, I mean, we're... Say, you can say whatever you want. It I'm doesn't matter sure, to me. Yeah, you're not obviously <laughs> someone who's like very easily offended or bothered yeah. by stuff. So I, I get what you were saying. Um, we were already kind of just talking about yeah. some random stuff. Stuff, but I like to kick the every podcast off with a would you rather at the start of it, just kind of okay, get yeah. the guests thinking. So nice, uh, nice icebreaker party yeah, game type exactly. of thing. Yeah. yeah, some people, not obviously not me and you, but some of the guests I have on may get a little nervous in front of a mic, a camera, and all right. that. It, like you said, breaks the ice. But do you have a lot of performers on? Is that, I'm, obviously, yeah. I was like, like, not that you would probably expect, but yeah, I haven't watched your podcast. No, no, uh, no, yeah, no. Like, most of the guests now, haven't. I get now it. I will. Like yeah, if, so yeah. if you want me to watch your podcast. You're going to have to have me on first because yeah. I don't care how big you are. I'm just like, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and pod, that's the weird thing. Like, podcasts are so big now, yep. but they're still so niche also. Like, there's people that, that are my age that have never listened to a second of a podcast in their yeah. life. But there's also people that listen to 10 a week. Like, it's, yeah. it's like that. Um, yeah, I have all kinds of different people. I mean, I've had I have people on from like rappers, producers, comedians. Uh, I've had like I, obviously I've had like family members on in early episodes. Right. <laughs> Got to fill that slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my dad, my mom have been on the podcast. Friends from school, but just mostly different artists and performers. I mean, I've had people. Right. You know, I've had on like you know clothing companies. Uh, you know, like who run by a right. friend. You know, uh, we've had on musicians. But the reason I ask is because you're talking about like breaking the ice with a guest yeah. getting started like that, and I feel like. Like what happens, it's funny because I've, you know, seen it. I've, I can look back and see it happen with myself, but I've seen yeah. it happen to other people a lot more 
where they get in there, like you look at somebody and you're like, oh, you'd be a great guest. And you see how they are on stage for a second. Yeah. But when they get here, right, they start, their brain starts working in different levels. They mm-hmm. start thinking about how am I presenting? Oh, my yeah. oh I've got to mention my plug. I, I really used to see it badly with like other people when I do stuff for like Ripley's and Guinness. Because yeah. these are, uh, for the most part, these are not professional entertainers. They've yeah. never thought about the theory and philosophy of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's just somebody showed up with a camera and was like, I love what you're doing. Let me film it. They're like, yeah. oh boy, oh boy. But then they start thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to plug that I'm going to be at Ripley's other day, and nothing's organic anymore. They, don't, they forget how to yeah. have a conversation. And it's because exactly. their brain is worth trying to do two different things. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that you lose the, uh, like, podcasts are cool because they're genuine. Like, the conversation that this started with, we're talking about the European yeah. Football League. Such a random-ass thing, but people mm-hmm. like to listen to it because they can relate. It's a genuine topic. And like you said, when it becomes this promotional thing yeah. it makes it weird it's not it's not it, it just turns into watching like fox news or these like yeah. really awkward like like news and like really corporate things they're following all the structure conventions yeah. but they don't have any substance exactly, with it yeah it's, you're just like oh you're just feeding me this stuff and that's you know i think that that's an important thing about not letting the joy get mm-hmm. sucked out. We were talking about sucking the joy out of yeah. stuff like you get better. It's like, yeah, if you want to be a professional pitch man or pitch yeah. person, whatever, then yeah, you're going to study all the neuro-linguistic programming routines, yeah. all the syllable counts, all this like that. But if you're doing that like in, in a pod, the, the, to me, I always thought the pitch and the appeal of a podcast was this is two people having a conversation that you are now let in on. Exactly. This conversation 100%. would normally happen. You and me sitting at a bar at a table yeah. and nobody else would get to be part of this. Maybe yeah. somebody sitting at the table side is like, oh man, I heard them talking about this and it was kind of interesting, but I didn't want to barge in. It's like, well, this is your way to, without interrupting, barge in and get to hear the conversation. Yeah, no. So don't be that structured <laughs> thing. Don't, yeah. don't do your setup pitch line. They, they, it, don't do ex- that shit. Exactly. Like I, I, I I plug your book at the start. I want people to check it out. I want people to, like, if they're a fan of me, become a fan of you, vice versa, stuff like that. And And then you have this section at the end where it's like, hey, man, the floor is yours. Plug it. But no one wants to just hear an hour-long ad. It's weird. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it'd be weird if you were just, like, every so often you pause and you're like, and check out my new book. Like, it would be disingenuous. And it's, it's, uh, like, sorry, but weird too. Like, uh, one of the things I remember, this wasn't a podcast, this was radio. And I think yeah. it, it speaks to bad radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to out who the person is because I'm not that person. Because yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a name drop. Yeah. And it's also, it's somebody that I do like. It's just they weren't good on radio. Yeah. So it's not their fucking fault. But I was literally on their show promoting an event. And it was mm-hmm. an easy thing for me to go in. And they responded to me doing one of my sideshow stunts in studio by saying, wow, that was amazing. But you know what this is missing? relating it back to me because it was an ego project for that person and they basically just announced now we're going to get an anecdote from me that vaguely relates to what this person who came into the studio to promote something is doing now it's perfectly reasonable to bring me in and say hey you're going to be at the show this weekend what can we see and me to give you a teaser yeah that's that's no big deal but then we can you know get to know it but instead he goes with let me tell you about the time i but and i've got nothing because i'm like i wasn't there like dude you just told me a story from your childhood with with no real connection (laughs) exactly yeah people it's just the problem problem is is people become selfish everything becomes like well that's even the weird the, the thing too is, is I, I i wanted to ask you about this eventually i'm sure is like you're like you have a unique look you you're you're famous you know that i'm sure you kind of deal with people who just want you on for like clout in that or like you know like popular like you were saying where yeah. it become just talking more about it being disingenuous 
Like, if the only reason someone has you on is just because of your name, it's that same where it's like, no, like, you want it to just be a friendly conversation or an interview right. or something like that. Yeah, it's, that's, those are the people that when you, those are, if, yeah, they're usually pretty obvious up front. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not like you can't spot the truck yeah. coming down the road at you. Yeah. But the other thing is, too, is that I'm the sort of person that'll, like, take that as a challenge and be like, I, I can make this work or I, I can make this good for me. Like you're yeah. an idiot, but I, or even, you know, I, there were egomaniacal moments in my past where I've been like, this is a train wreck, but I can save it. <laughs> my presence will be everything that you yeah. need in yourself. And, and it's, it's such a garbage thing, but there, there really is the, the people who are like, yeah, they want to bring it. Like we've got the lizard man in studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the lizard man. Do something. And do something like, Hey, we got the lizard man. I'm like, you don't have anywhere to go with this because you don't care about anything. Like I said, yeah. that, it, that reveals their motivation, right? When all they can keep saying is, hey, we got him here. So what's it like being a lizard man? I'm like, you haven't even thought to ask a, a, an unshallow question at all. Yeah. You're, you're literally going for the sound bites, but you're repeating them. And that's, that's very yeah. much a, to me, it's a radio show type of this morning radio thing where like, we're going to be here for the next 90 minutes. Like I'm, I, yeah. I used to have to do this all the time for Jägermeister. And it was... It was really great for me because, it, again, like I could benefit from it. Yeah. Because I was always getting the press and the exposure. Yeah. yeah. And in those days, I was a tour host and the bands, right? You're out mm -hmm. on tour and, you know, Slipknot, none of them want to get up at six in the morning and go to a radio station yeah, and promote the yeah. fucking show. I mean, Corey's taken on like a workaholic sort of aspect since then, but yeah. like nobody wants to do it. I was the guy, as I was the host, and they would send me, I'd do it. So I got all the morning radio spots. Oh, so that's, okay. That, that is really that sort of me being willing to do it and feeling and actually enjoying it was, uh, it was self-serving, but I wasn't trying to be self-serving at the time. It just turned out that what I was doing was very, very good yeah. for me career wise. Yeah. And I look back at it and be like, Oh shit, that was a good idea. It wasn't even an idea. Yeah. Like I can't take credit for it. <laughs> other but that's, than that. that's such a cool opportunity. Like you were saying, just bands and pressers that don't want to do it. Like send the host. Yeah. I can talk about all you guys. It's what I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, and, I'm sure waking up at five or six in the morning is it the most ideal, but if you just go, oh, this is my staying job, up till five or six in the morning. Yeah, um, you, you know, um, you know, the drugs and everything that was out of the touring in the nineties. We didn't do that, but you know, yeah. I, I might have had some chemical assistance ah, and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, on, yeah, and the fact that I could go back to bed at ten in the morning and not yeah. get up until a six o'clock show open. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, living the rock star life. That's so cool. When oh, you're living when you're living on a tour bus, you can really tailor your schedule around yeah. your vices. <laughs> like you need a you need a short window of a couple hours where you do real work mm -hmm. performing, but the rest of it is all scheduling it around your drinking and other activities. Yeah, fuck, I guess that's. <laughs> That's true. That's so cool, though. Like, in the end, you get to look back. Like, that's so sick. You did radio for Slipknot yeah. and other people. That's super. That's just a, a once-in-a-lifetime type experience. It's, it's, it's a good resume credit line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs> All right, so the would you rather that we're going to get into is, oh, yeah, right. would you rather have 100% of knowledge of what's in space or what's in the ocean? So the ocean. Well, is, the ocean is in space. Everything's in space. I guess you're right. I, I don't mean about, to Rick. And, I just no, thought no, the Rick no. and Morty line. They're like, there's yeah. snakes in space. There's literally everything <laughs> in space. That's awesome. Yeah. As, as a as a as a physics geek, that yeah. line really spoke to me. Okay, I love yeah, that fair one enough. too. We're not but the yeah, most educated podcast I, here. You know, I, 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 I get I, I get the distinction you're making, but I have to be a jerk about. No, I, no, no, I like that's, it. That's 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 the nerd in me is a very much that mm -hmm. you know, you're technically correct the most important yes. form of correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like that. So would you um, like anything, would you rather have 100% knowledge about everything outside of Earth or about the ocean? You, I, you know, I, I feel like 
the easier answer is to say everything else yeah. out in space because it's so much more there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the practical answer might be the ocean because like, that's what's right here. Like, yeah. if I learned about something that's eight, like, 80 million light years away, yeah. it's nothing I can it use. Matter, yeah. You can be like, oh, we well, use it in this broader sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of the argument they use for space exploration, right? They're like, but the research funds something like, guess how quick we would have gotten there if we were researching that specifically? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, I, I like that we get new materials as we mm-hmm. try to build spaceships. But what if we were just trying to build a material that would work yeah. for our problems on Earth already? It's it's it is one of those weird things of direct politicization. So, um, at the end of the day, I think right now, and it's probably because we're in plague times. I'm driven by more practical considerations. Maybe something in the ocean will save us. So oh, I, yeah, I, I would I, I would, think you're I, would so, I would take the I would take the ocean thing. <laughs> you're like the, you're, you're such a like a nice thoughtful person. Me and most of my guests are like, I want to see the fish with the big light on his forehead, or I want to. Those fuck are fucking it. wild. They're giant. Oh, too, man. They're as yeah, big as us. so <laughs> scary. You're like, I want a fucking alien. Like, right. stupid-ass answers. You're like, well, maybe I could save people. Look, you know, I, I had, I, I mean, I have a degree in philosophy, and for yeah, a while, I, I saw, I was for, for a while, that. I thought I was going to do ethics professionally, mm-hmm. and the byproduct of that is, uh, even though I'm not, I'm not even close to the most ethical person you'll ever meet, yeah. but I understand the argument for ethics, and I can mm-hmm. repeat it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I've learned to play the game. I know, yeah. how, I know how to look like a good person better than anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a good skill to have, not a bad <laughs> right. oh, skill yeah, by yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe in aliens? Or what's your thought on aliens? My, my thought on aliens is that uh, the mathematical probability of there being other life in the universe, mm-hmm. given the nature of infinity, is that, yeah, they've got to be out there. Yeah. The, the, but the other side of that is the odds of them ever having any contact or impact upon us is so infinitesimally low. Yeah. They're like, yeah, do aliens exist? Sure, probably. Have aliens been to Earth while we've been here? No. Fuck no. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I just like because it's uh, there's that like show a- ancient aliens mm. or whatever where they think like it was aliens. Like, yeah, and it's just like I love that meme. My, yeah, I hate it because it's just they're like, well, the aliens were here and the Mayans were more advanced. I'm like, wasn't the life expectancy like 30 years? Right. Like you got married at were, 10. Were they shit? ripping out each other's hearts on the yeah, top of giant of, pyramids? Dude. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying I, I think it, you know, advanced and primitive are loaded words because mm-hmm. of other bullshit in them. But I think we can objectively say that if your culture is still cutting out someone's beating heart while yeah. they're alive, <laughs> there is room for growth. Yeah, <laughs> that shit's not coming back in 20. 30 because we were like, oh man, we, they were ahead of their time. We like, can sleep it on this shit. More yeah. rain for They're California. Like, oh, I get it now. That's not a human sacrifice. They actually did living heart transplants. Yeah. Now we're up to that. Like, fuck you. Yeah, they that's were bored, bro. That's the shit that I, that really kind of gets me because I, oh, I hate pop science reporting anyway, right? Because yeah. it, the truth is usually the opposite of the headline where they're mm-hmm. like, we've just, you know, gravity turned on its head. Not even fucking close, dude. Yeah. Not no no uh, the new theory overturns magnetism. Nope, not even remotely. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's it. Or it'd be like in one laboratory setting that it's taken us literally all of human history to produce. Yeah. We were able to force this result. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's it's, just, no. Oh, people man. are cra- yeah. <laughs> people are crazy, and and the thoughts they have. It's just it, this shit's wild. Yeah, yeah. I so yeah. I'm I'm pretty much on the same grounds as you. The aliens, where it's like you said. There's no way, ba- like you said, based off infinity and all that, that we're the only people. That we, only humans, life, yeah. Whatever, yeah, humans, mm-hmm. whatever the aliens are called, but the human genome was just the luckiest where we're like, we hit the lottery, only us. And right. so, 
Yeah, but building, did they come and they build the pyramid so no. people in 2020 would be confused about it? No, no. they had better shit to and do. And that's the thing, too, is that when people look back at the past, it, it's, it's become, it's really an insightful observation, or it was when it first happened. Now it's become so cliched, it's a meme, but it's literally Western, white, suburban people mm-hmm. looking at something that they can't do and saying, it must be aliens. Yeah. There's no way that the ancient Egyptians could have done it. I'm like... Okay, first of all, you understand that Pythagoras, right? Yeah. You know, the Pythagorean theorem, the way that we get like, and a lot of other stuff like that, that he basically led a mathematic cult historically. This is math that the people saying that it was aliens can't do. Yeah. Right? This yeah. is I mean, it's advanced algebra. It's still shit you should be able to do in elementary school, mm-hmm. but it's algebra. So when you've got when somebody tell when somebody who can't do algebra tells me it had to be fucking aliens, I'm gonna look at him and go like no, it has to be that you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, exactly. There's just, I don't know. I, I get the fun, though, in believing it. I understand. Oh, well, look, it. I think it's a lot more fun to believe in aliens. Mm-hmm. And it, then it becomes that question of the standard thing. It's uh, the old skeptic society. It's like, what's the harm in letting letting people believe bullshit? Yeah, well, I it's guess. fine until they start saying shit like this magic water will cure your cancer. Yeah. Right? And that, then, then the question goes, well, well, does believing it was aliens cause any real damage? And now it becomes becomes a more abstract argument about, well, you're literally telling these people that their ancestors were incompetent monkeys who needed an alien to come do the shit that they did on their own. And that's a little bit insulting, right? No, 100%, (laughs) because, like, all those, like, like, if that's, like, where you're from, like, Mm -hmm. having, like, the pyramids or the Mayan structure shit like that, like, those are, like you were saying, you said said it earlier, and I had never heard Mm -hmm. someone say it, but you Mm -hmm. said... uh, there's a fine line between you said like primitive and advanced or uh, there's that there's um there's a lot of baggage on the primitive events but yeah when when you're still doing stuff like cutting out hearts or say there's room for growth like yeah, yeah. how are you how are you going to label it or that's the thing is like do you want to call 1940s America and advanced society. I mean, we we're pretty racist. Yeah, we were pretty shitty. <laughs> pretty, like we were pretty advanced in yeah. technology for the times, and but we weren't an advanced. This is becoming a little more philosophical, but I think it's funny because it relates to what we're saying. Is like there's a there's this whole idea mm-hmm. that people have that if you're enlightened, if you're advanced, if you're yeah. mature, that you're mature about everything. It's no, there's it's like intelligence. There's different kinds of intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. You can be a brilliant astrophysicist and not get evolution at all. Yeah, right. You just because you're smart at one thing, and the thing is just because you're advanced or mature about something i mean you can be the most progressive person in the world mm-hmm. on sex and gender yeah. and still be a racist jackass yeah yeah right? it's like just because you get one doesn't mean you get the other so that's it's really, really it's true, it's, yeah. it's really hard sometimes for people to be like oh you just this primitive that's a visual like well you know everybody just calm down like some people get to some places faster than others mm-hmm. and sometimes you do have to be understanding like i'm not saying obviously if it's something really bad like racism yeah, you, yeah. You, you don't let them go on lynching people yeah, or whatever yeah. But you can be like, hey, you know, you, I think the way that you educate there is you try to draw the analogy between it, mm-hmm. right? You say, well, that wouldn't be cool if you're, if you're ahead on gender, right? You'd be like, you wouldn't accept them saying that about women or men as a generalization, mm-hmm. but you accept them saying it about Mexicans or blacks. Yeah. Don't you see how it's an overgeneralization type of thing? And sometimes that will, will break through, but a lot of times it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. the, what we were talking about with like your ancestors, right? Yeah. We, we see it right here. Texas is a a great example of this going horribly wrong yeah. with the history textbooks, right? Yeah. Because people have grown up with this lie that a bunch of white people came here and saved Texas from the ignorant Mexicans yeah. and Native Americans yeah. and turned it into a paradise. Mm-hmm. Whereas what you know, the actual truth seems to be is a bunch of white people showed up mm-hmm. to what was a much better situation run by Native Americans and then sort of made it bad and then it got better and it's yeah. gone back and forth, right? But 
as soon as you change anything, people are like, no, that's not what I know. I'm not going to do it. Like, well, that's what you're doing when you say aliens built the pyramid, man. Don't yeah. you see how that's the same goddamn thing? You're denying their ancestors the credit for what they did. Yeah. And now white people here, and even mm. though it's not credit they should get, right? Because, again, yeah. there was a civilization here. There were people yeah, here. Yeah, we did not you, discover yeah, a place that was already yeah. discovered. You didn't show up and go, shit, this place would be nice once we fucking uh, pull the weeds and uh, build you some could, houses. Yeah, it'd be like you getting on this podcast. You were like, this is my podcast now. Right. Not yeah. yours. I discovered yeah. this. This is the first time uh, I've been here, so now it's or, mine. Or if you were to take credit for podcasts, you'd be yeah. like, we're listening to my podcast. Incidentally, podcasts are a thing that I invented yeah, two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. People be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and it's it's gotten to the point, though, and this to me is, and ever since I was a little kid, one of my sort of, and it's growing up Reagan era, 70s mm -hmm. and 80s, the end of the world sort of thing, there's like overpopulation is I've always been like, fuck, there's too many people. There's no yeah. ethical way to get rid of any of them, yeah. but there's too goddamn many of them. The thing that happens when you have too many people, right, is like it used to be there was only one Einstein, right? Well, now yeah. we have, every country has an Einstein because that's the good side. The yeah. bad side is, is no matter how dumb you, the thing you say is, someone will go on. If you were to claim, start, right now you do it this episode, you'd be like, I invented podcasts and mine, everybody else is ripping me off. Mm -hmm. That sounds absurd. You would very, if you just kept saying it enough, mm. after a while, you'd have at least a couple dozen people who were like, well, you know, he fucking invented them. Yeah, and yeah. people would be like, well, what about the ones that happened all the years before he did his? Well, they, they did it, but they got to the, the game first, but he invented the concept is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, even he didn't actualize it. There's a people, this happens in uh, stunt performing all the time. People are like, you're ripping off my act. When'd you do it? Well, I haven't done it, but I had the idea first. Like, dude, ideas don't mean shit. People yeah. need to get over that real, that one of the worst things that's ever happened for humanity in terms of like law and creativity mm -hmm. is intellectual property laws where yeah. people think ideas have value. They don't. No, yeah. Doing shit has value. Getting up on stage and saying your idea out loud changes it completely, turns it into a whole new thing. But yeah, there's so many people that turn around like, oh, that's my joke. I had that problem. I had that idea. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you do with it? Nothing. <laughs> Fuck you. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I have no. no sympathy for idea people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either, either do something with it or don't. <laughs> yeah, you can't just hold on to something and claim, like, there's no, there's, there's, you take ownership in the action of yeah. like actually doing it or writing actually be getting up and telling the it's joke so vague for me to be like oh man you're doing a present premise joe rogan on like <laughs> how plane tickets are annoying i right. had that idea three years ago mm -hmm. did you ever do a bit on it do we talk about it well no i never did then right it's not yours like yeah. it's not the same well, it's, uh, i think there's also there's a there's just a certain look some people are fucking scum yeah. Right. There, there are some bad people. When I say bad, I'm not even talking about like murders and rapists. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about people that just have bad attitudes and they're not going to change. They're the people that do, that steal jokes and steal acts. Yeah. Like and what they figured out was, or what I think kind of happened, Rogan's good example, right? When he called out Mencia, yeah. you know, back in the day when we were all like, fuck yeah, Rogan's doing the good things. He called out Mencia for stealing an Ari, one of Ari's jokes. Mm -hmm. And he literally had the tape of Ari saying it yeah. when Ari was working with Mencia. So it's like, yeah. don't fucking tell me you never heard me say this joke. I've got tape of him saying it as your opener. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then people jump on, on that and they're like, oh, well, that guy's doing a joke that I had the idea for. Like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. No, it, unless you actually wrote a joke and performed yeah. it for an audience, you have no claim whatsoever to that yeah, idea. No one, no one snuck into your mind <laughs> right, and yeah. stole the joke while you're sleeping. It's not fucking Freddy Krueger. <laughs> right, or yeah. You the know, CIA like, isn't like, yeah. like, hey, man, you should have heard this guy's tight five in his dreams last night. Yeah. I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't, I get you. Yeah. Um, 
Now, now, all right, we got. I got to do this part. I wrote okay. it down as I call it the call it basic bitch questions. Basic bitch questions. I want like when, like obviously you know you're you're famous for being the lizard man and I <laughs> and I'm sure you've answered yeah. one million questions about it and I'm gonna ask some of them. But I want for people who maybe aren't. Familiar yeah, you got to cover some of the standard ground. Exactly. And like we were talking about before, there's a, there's a natural way to do it. The whole thing is like yeah. And it's uh, when people always say they're like I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked you before, whether it's an interview or not. I get yeah. this like when people just like walk up to the bar like hey man. Can I ask you? I know you've heard this before. I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't have to premise it with that because as long as you are genuinely asking a question you don't know the answer to, yeah, it won't bother me. Oh, but if I that's, start, that's, yeah. when I start getting the sense that you're going through motions mm-hmm. or you're trying, like with a with a, a casual person like a fan of the street, yeah, it's you. They're usually doing it whether they realize it or not to prolong the interaction. Yeah. It becomes meaningless chit chat where I'm like, dude, I'm happy to talk about you, talk to you about something I'm passionate about or mm-hmm. you're passionate about. But if you're just gonna be like, hey, weather, sports teams, whatever, I'm like, yeah. like, don't drag it out. We can have a genuine moment in two seconds, or we can have a genuine moment for two yeah. hours. Let it be what it is. That's really true. Mm-hmm. That's you know? that's a, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good like message for myself for anyone listening. Just that, like, yeah, like you said, if it's if it's genuine, no one's annoyed. But okay, well then, then I have some genuine questions for you. <laughs> um, like, okay, so so. When when did you first make like obviously start getting the tattoos the transition when did you gain like right. the interest into it I, I read something about that you would kind of go around like the 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 uh, like you the book sections in yeah. the library and you got into it that, that way was or? that was sort of the you know if if I ever managed to sell the movie rights to my life if anyone makes yeah. a story this would be a scene that has to be in the movie and okay, so yeah. uh, conceptually and artistically I was thinking about transforming myself and doing things like body painting and costumes yeah way before I got into the, had the tattoo idea, but mm-hmm. so that, that, and I say way before, this is, this is early in my life, probably yeah. around like, uh, early teens, my, my Halloween costume started getting very conceptual yeah, and yeah. we were like, I didn't want to be, you know, uh, a specific demon from a movie or something like that. I wanted to be this conceptual demon I'd come up with in my head and I just, I didn't have the skills. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't even good at communicating what I was trying to do because my mom and dad would have helped me. I probably would have had some wild kick-ass costume yeah, if I had yeah. just had a good way to explain to them. But I also, I was raised in a sort of a do-it-yourself kind of manner. So yeah. a lot of times I pushed away help, especially yeah. when I was, even into my 20s, I did some idiot things where I was like, oh man, I should have let that guy help build me because he, he knows how to build shit. Yeah. I barely slapped something together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so at that time, like early teens, I'm starting to get into like full body costumes and mm-hmm. paintings and, and character ideas. I'm 18 years old. I go away to school. I'm at Hartwick College in Oneonta, New York. Okay. Yeah. And I'm doing something that I used to do in my little public high, high school library, which is just wander the shelves and like pull books off. It's a, it's bibliomancy. If people know like weird superstition stuff, mm-hmm. I put no stock in that sort of thing, but I love to play with it. Like yeah. I, I had an I Ching phase where I throw it. I mean, I used to read my horoscope. I, Believe yeah. that I completely believe that's bullshit. Has no yeah, yeah. But it's still fun, right? This yeah, is, no, it's of course. quality of life. Again, we're going back to it doesn't I don't really believe in the bullshit, so it's not hurting anyone, it's not mm-hmm. hurting me. It's just for fun. Yeah. Right. So I pulled this book off the shelf and it's the Japanese tattoo. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen at that point in my life, I'm 18 years old. I know tattooing from the carnival. I'm a military yeah. kid. I've seen military tattoos yeah. all my life. That's what I think tattooing is. Now I see full body concepts that just blow my mind. I'm like, I've never seen tattooing done this way. I didn't know you could do tattooing this way. And I find references in there to some of the old completely tattooed attractions like the Great Omi, Prince Constantine, stuff. Mm -hmm. So I start learning and researching my freshman year of college and I have this sort of, you know, mini epiphany, which I'm like, oh, the shit I'm trying to do by painting myself or making costumes 
would be even more impactful if I did it permanently, yeah. if I surgically altered. And I started learning about 70s artists like Carolee Sneeman and Orlan, Vito Acconci, Chris Burden. Um, these became like, yeah, so this is the 1990, I go to like, my freshman year in college, mm-hmm. and my new dream is to become the pinnacle of 1970s performance art. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, my goals have never been that great commercially yeah. or career wise. Yeah. I've always been shooting at the wrong target, yeah. but I have had a target and I have mm-hmm. been shooting at it, yeah. and I've been hitting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, you gotta make yeah. your own path. But it's, yeah, but it was really, it's sort of the, when I go back, it's like uh, when they say, you know, explain your favorite movie in a horrible way or explain what you do yeah. in a dumb way. I'm like, explain how, explain my success in a way that makes it sound like it shouldn't happen. Yeah. I tried to do something that was barely successful for a moment in the 70s as a career in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Performance art. <laughs> that's how, no, that's so funny when you... I love when you can... Do, people do the describe something good in a bad way. Yeah. yeah, when you describe it like that, you'd be like, what? And then, but yeah. you obviously made... Well, and then the, the kicker for that one is like, okay, so what happened when that failed? Okay, when that didn't work out, I realized I wasn't going back far enough. I said, wait, I don't want to try and do something that was successful for a moment in the 70s. I've got to shoot for success that was something that only two or three people managed in the 40s, being a wow. tattooed man yeah, in a circus, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, my goals keep getting more esoteric. And <laughs> <rather back>. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So so when did you get the first, like your first my, tattoo for the, like the lizard man? Well, my I've only ever been tattooed to be the lizard okay, man. Okay, so you don't have any yeah, other, in, like, in, no, there's no, no tramp well, stamp or anything like nah, that? <laughs> no, nothing like that. There's, there's little things that, like, going back, like, design-wise, like, mm-hmm. it's a, as an artist, I'm growing, and you should, like, just like you should look back on your first year of jokes and be like, holy shit, I was awful, yeah, right? Exactly, you should yeah. look back at your early designs and be like, and I do, I've got sketchbooks where I'm like, fucking glad I didn't go with that. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, you 100%, know? yeah. Um, so it was 1994, my senior year of, of college, where I started getting tattooed, and at that point, I had refined the idea enough that I knew it was something I wanted to do, but quite frankly, I didn't have the balls, yeah. right? I'm fucking 20, 21 years old, yeah. looking at tattooing my entire body. Like, yeah. like um, at least I had a scholarship for my undergrad years. I wasn't in debt yeah. yet. Okay, I, yeah. I fucked up. I went to grad school and got some student loan debt uh, that I didn't yeah. need afterwards. <laughs> but do to you, yeah. do to you. But so it's at 94, and uh, what I had done was I had figured out the general elements of what I would do, like how I do it. Mm-hmm. And so I had this design for my back, and to break up the scales and stuff, I had the, these black markings. And so my very first tattoo was this Japanese kanji for ki. I was at the time I was still teaching karate. Yeah. And what big, uh, what belt did you get to? In karate? I was a black belt in Shotokan, oh, Shitoru, awesome. and in I did Kobudo and. Uh, Kendo as well. Oh, fuck So, yeah, a bunch dope, of different dude. things. Yeah, I mean, well, dude, when I was 26, you didn't want to fight me in a bar. Yeah, <laughs> no, fuck it. That's the craziest that's thing. 20, yeah. It's 23 years ago. Go ahead, kick my ass now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just one of those um, um, sort of things where it was a big part of, of what I was doing, and I really mm-hmm. liked the, the idea of key and, and key. So I had key I tattooed on my shoulder because it was supposed to be that there would be different uh, kanji throughout the black pieces on my back. Oh, okay, yeah. Eventually, I sort of moved away from that, so I just went all black over the top of it. Mm-hmm. So there's been little changes. But yeah, from the outset, I only started getting tattooed when I thought to, when I had an idea of how to do my entire body, and that was the goal. And I kind of told myself, and I did for a few years, from 94 to 96, or actually, from 94 to, yeah, 96, I was getting tattooed, and I covered a lot of my body where if I needed to, I could cover it with clothes. Yeah, yeah. Then in uh, 97, I went down my arms. I went down to my fingertips without lines. So that was my first public tattoo. And then by 99, I had my face tattooed. But yeah, like I said, I had sketchbooks for all that. I had planned out. And there were little things as you go. You make little design things. And I, yeah, looking back, I could do better. Like my upper arms are, are purposely asymmetrical. 
Because oh, wow. at the time that I was designing this, I remember there was a line I really liked about art, talking about like primitive and advanced art. Yeah. And one of the things is it used to be that uh, asymmetry was considered a milestone in culture for for societies because uh, so-called primitive art is almost mm-hmm. always symmetrical, right? Okay, so when you, yeah. when you when you as a culture are willing to accept asymmetry in art and representation, mm-hmm. it signals art. Now, that's a very prejudiced view that comes out of a lot of fucked up yeah, philosophies. Yeah. It's kind of been pushed to the side now. But at the time, that's where my head was thinking. that, And I was also thinking that I wanted to represent different things in myself. So I'm like, okay, I can put this over here. And so, like, for instance... I have mom and dad tattoos. Yeah. And people would be like, what's that have to do with being a lizard man? I'm like, well, I'm the only lizard man, so I determine everything about lizard man yeah, culture. Exactly, and yeah. we fucking love our parents. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, mom is yeah. on the left one because she's close to the heart, right? Is, uh, dad is mm-hmm. on the right arm because he's power and strength. You know, yeah. I, I draw from a lot of different symbolism like that and do it. But I like I could definitely go back and make these better integrated. And I get there's, you, a, yeah. there's little things. But that's just, I think, if you don't have that, you're probably not an artist. There's yeah. a certain level of self-criticism that if, if, if it's not necessary to, be, to being, and do, being an artist and doing art, mm-hmm. it's absolutely necessary to success. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, there's that, like you said, you have to walk that line where you, uh, you can, like, criticize yourself mm-hmm. but be proud of yourself because, like yeah. you said, a real artist should never, like, you never get off stage and are like, that was 1,000% perfect. Yeah. There's it's always something never, little that yeah. you're like, I could have done this better, I could have done that. Yeah. So damn. So it was like a six-year process, basically. Well, I mean, that that, that was for part of it. I mean, if you're talking about the total process from sort of beginning of tattoo. Yeah, when did you like become <laughs> like like the lizard man? Like uh, okay. that makes sense. If you get what well, I mean. Well, like I said, I was trying to do performance art before that, so I had yeah. all these stupid names and all mm-hmm. these. Things. Um, the first reptilian name that I had was Snake Boy, and it's okay, one of my yeah. childhood friends. Right after I got my tongue split, I said something to him, and he was just he just you know. Flippantly, he was like, yeah, sure, whatever, snake boy. <laughs> and it kind of stuck for yeah. a little while. But the whole boy thing, I, I knew when we got to the point, well, we say we, when I got to the point of talking about myself and alternate verses, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's get some ego in here yeah. now, all right. <laughs> so, we're so, primitive and we're talking when, in third person over here. Well, and, and my thing is, like, I, I, I come from a, a sort of a philosophical tradition, this one I really like, where I believe, like, when you're doing moments, like, when you're doing performance mm-hmm. or just hanging out with the you throw, or you're taking drugs, that's, that's the big one for me. Like, let's yeah. say, uh, you throw yourself into the experience 100%. So, you know, if I take mushrooms and go out in the woods and imagine I'm talking to aliens, I'm going to go full bore for it. But my rule is for, and or whether I go downtown and I have a set, if I have a really great set, mm-hmm. the thing is afterwards I make myself sit down and rationally break it all down. And that's where you strip away, like, no, I wasn't talking to an alien. I was talking to a, my, reflex, my reflection in a mirror. Yeah. I was, that was a fucking tree or that was your dog. You know, you break this shit down. So I'm like, I believe very strongly in both extremes that if you put them together, that's where you get your success. Throw yourself wholeheartedly with utter and absolute faith into it. And yeah. then when it's done be ruthlessly critical of it mm-hmm. purely and only rational and take all the emotion out of it and see what you've got left see what you've got there you know to, to work with yeah. um so i might get what you're saying there's a stage thing that got me off on that because you're saying like yeah you never walk off the sales percent unless you get surprised right you can't yeah. for you can't force the 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 1000 percent moment mm-hmm. it will just happen yeah. and it will sweep you up and afterwards you'll be like Wow, that's yeah. what people. I can remember. I I I can remember the many times it's happened to me. I can remember the first few times it happened to me because it like you don't even realize it. And mm-hmm. one of the times for me was in those early days of hosting rock tours and being on festival stages. Yeah. And this is you know, to this day like you look at photos. I, I see the photos of people wrestled like that. 
if you've never actually stood on that stage and seen what 20 or 30,000 people individual like yeah. humanity looks like in front of you if you've never felt just the the energy it's hostile even yeah. when they're on your side, it's scary because oh, it, it, yeah, it's kind of like when you've got a really big if people have had really big like dogs like that where you're like, yeah, it's my dog. He fucks you. And like he could fuck me up, too, if he wanted yeah, to. Hold on. I, I got to remember that this guy can accidentally fucking kill me. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that kind of power to it. And like I, I did music Midtown in like 2003 mm -hmm. and I just happened to be there. And there were a couple of bands that I had known for touring that were doing the main stage. And like very last minute, they're like, hey bring us up. And yeah. I was over helping. Like it was, uh, one of the, the bands that was opening on one of the first year or two I did was stereo mud. They don't even exist anymore. Yeah. They were on one of the smaller stages. And I went and I stayed with, uh, one of the guys at his house to, to just to go to the festival and have, yeah. have fun. I wasn't there to work. I was no, there to fuck yeah, around. Yeah, just a vacation. But you know, like, you, you know, I, I know who and what I am. So I got to be ready. Somebody's going to ask me to do something at some point. Yeah. So I carried some small stuff with me and I did it before them. They pulled me up there and yeah, I'm like, now I'm looking at, 40,000 people. I'm looking at so many people that people are watching me on TV screens with a sound delay because the wow. sound doesn't travel from my mics from the speakers on stage in time to match up with the video they're watching. They're so far back. That's fucking yeah. crazy. It's, yeah. I think they ended up estimating that particular crowd at 60,000 people wow. that year. And I was like, look at it. And I, so I went out and I, I went on autopilot. Like yeah. I, I walked out there at first. I was like, fuck me. This, they might eat me alive. Cause I felt that energy. And I just, I, threw myself into it as hard as I could. And yeah, I couldn't, other than like knowing specifically what I did, like I have no real memory. It's like a blackout, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like after I've been off for a while, like the band started playing, right? And I'm still in the energy. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I don't remember, like that night back at the house sitting down and just sort of feeling it all drain out of me and being like, what was that? Yeah. My God, you know? Yeah. And, or even, but small shows, I had a small show. It's like, and for years, my, my rule was, Anything, anywhere, as long as it pays, right? Mm -hmm. As long as I, I'm not going to drive to Arkansas and lose money, but I'll go there and get back and break even yeah. and do it. I did a, a show in uh, southern Kentucky for what amounted to basically the entire town. Like anybody who left their house in that town was at my show. Wow, and, yeah. But it was still like 75 people. Yeah. and it, so I mean, But it was such great. And they were so happy. It was one of those shows where, and like, I don't know how much like road work that you've you've done getting I, out I'm at the middle of nowhere. I've been on a couple road gigs. Yeah, there are places in in America that I know well because I've done them a lot. Because once you find them, you'll go back to them. But they're all over the world. It's just finding that place where people are glad you showed up. They yeah. thank you. They're like, oh, thanks for coming. Even the people who don't buy a ticket to come to your show, we'll see you at the diner after. Yeah. Like, thanks for coming to town. Oh, did you see the show? No, no, no. I don't. I don't care for color. I don't do a sideshow or whatever. Yeah. Like, but they still want to thank you for coming to their town. That's really cool. Those yeah. are the places, and it's like, yeah, that will. You talk about you know your your night at the store in L.A. Mm -hmm. You talk yeah. about doing whatever in your L.A. No, that's the show. If yeah. if you trust me, when you get like years and years when you get decades in there's gonna be a point in your life where they're gonna be like you can redo any one show of your career again yeah. ever which one do you want it to be it's gonna be one of those it's gonna be no, I, yeah. it's gonna be one of those things that was just a moment that's so <laughs> cool yeah wow i never yeah i get yeah that's what i'm looking for that's why i say is like lean into that shit yeah now afterwards be brutal as you break it mm -hmm. down yeah but like when those moments happen, that's and because I feel like that's again what we were talking about, like when people go through the motions, like oh you got to plug this, you're here for this, yeah, you know, and it's it's not it's not genuine yeah. about it. It's like if you go onto that stage and you just 
I mean, that's what open mics are training for, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> except yeah, for, except for open mics are all your friends not laughing at your jokes, even <laughs> though they tell you that that joke is great. You haven't laughed at that joke in three weeks. Exactly. By the way. <laughs> yeah, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I, yeah that, uh, that's so cool that you got to perform in front of that many people and then having those, like, little experiences like that and stuff. So then, uh, so, so you started... So you were opening for, like, the shows and stuff. When did you start doing, like, comedy? Because when I saw you, I met you at the Water right. Tank. And when did you start doing, like, comedy and all that stuff along with it? Well, I think, you know, when I... So for me, I'll give you, like, the, the quick breakdown or timeline yeah, of it. Yeah. Is that So in 1994, I'm a senior at Hartwick College, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to get tattooed. Yeah. But uh, I have no faith in my ability to feed or clothe myself based, yeah, on, yeah. And, based on any skill I've got. I'm about to, I, you know, I get a degree in philosophy. It's like... Good luck in the world, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so I go out and I'm uh, I try the struggle, the struggling artist thing. And I want to say, I mean, all medias. I was trying to do something, drawing, performance. Whatever. Yeah. But I'm in a, I basically I'm in a vacuum. I'm in rural upstate New York on the Canadian border, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to do things the right way either. I don't have the right mindset. I understand. Yeah. Uh, after about two years of that, my mom suggests, why don't you go to grad school so you can get a job and make some real money? You're like, you know, with all the best intentions in the world, she sent yeah. me back to grad school. But of course, you know, she went to grad school in the seventies. This is the nineties. Now it's the beginning of the end times we live in now yeah, because all the regulations are stripped out. The loans are so predatory. Oh, the pricing God, is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, like when I took out $30,000 in loans for grad school in 1996, people thought it was nuts. Mm-hmm. Now people are like, I wish I only took out yeah. $30,000. People are like, I could pay for that. Fuck yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So while I'm there, I kind of have this epiphany that I hate uh, uh, campus politics and mm-hmm. uh, the idea of teaching is not going to sit well with me. Yeah. Um, There's another thing that might be in the movie moment where I'm like, I'm starting to perform. I'm doing dive bar shows and mm-hmm. I'm playing rugby. So like at our drink ups and parties, I'm breathing fire. And, yeah. and, you know, Jim Rose is now coming to full sort of, you know, started his peak touring with nine inch nails so i'm starting to feel like wait wait a minute there's there maybe there's a chance maybe there's yeah, a chance yeah and so in like 96 97 i'm like i i should be going for this mm-hmm. and then i'm actually started to get a little bit of tv stuff from body modification yeah nobody gave a shit early on mm-hmm. about all the sideshow stuff so i could do swallowing swords and all that. yeah they wanted the body mod they wanted the split tongue the tattooing yeah. why would you do this but eventually you know i made a name for myself with the stunts i became part of the jim rose circus Toured for a while and realized I'm like, oh, I, I get how these groups work. You're like, yeah, one person gets all the money and I get fucked. I should go back. To, I should go back to being a one man show. So once yeah. again, I can feed myself and close myself. Mm-hmm. So I broke free from that. Um, in '99 is when I first started using the word, uh, the name Lizard Man. We get back, tied back to that yeah, thread yeah, yeah. because I had Ripley's. Right, they're filming me, yeah. and at first, they this producer contacts me, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to be part of Ripley's?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I want to be part of Ripley's." Mm-hmm. This is my childhood thing. I'm now completely disillusioned about yeah, them as a corporate yeah. structure, but at the time, I would have done anything Dude, to be fuck, part of it. Fuck yeah, right. yeah. And and it, and it does it does work out well for me. It just you know it doesn't work out as well as it it should because some people are not nice people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we needed a name for Need a Hook, and I'm like, "Well, Snake Boy's out because it's too much. The boy thing isn't going to yeah, carry well. Now, it's yeah. a it's a little bit." off and i was like i used to do i used to be mistake everything i did was art by mistake oh because okay. my name was mistake I, yeah. okay yeah yeah performance art bullshit yeah. <laughs> I, I like it <laughs> right but, but very undergrad college mm-hmm. art kind of crap and yeah. yeah i was right like i said threw myself a little embrace that shit <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> love it though I love we're it. we're sitting i'm sitting around with a producer who filmed all my segments for for ripley's and we're just mm-hmm. running through shit and i was like and you know i i 
think that I brought up Lizard Man because it tied into like some other stuff, and I'm big D and D fantasy, so I had that sort of reference oh, yeah. in my just head. Got in, just got in my first D and D campaign. Oh, nice. A few weeks wow. ago, I'm loving it so far. I, I I have not actively played since my twenties. Oh, okay. Well, but, I'm I mean, in my twenties, so it's a perfect I, time I started for me. preteen. I was the yeah, yeah the uh, the '80s scare for Dungeons and Dragons, the yeah. Satanic Panic. <laughs> that, luckily, my parents are teachers who know better for that yeah. bullshit. But they were like, "Yeah, play Dungeons and Dragons. That seems great." And then the, the fucking TV special comes out. <laughs> You ever wonder, <laughs> like, insane. I guess because we're, like, a, I'm a whole different generation yeah. than you, but I wonder, like, because, like, what my generation of parents, what's the dumb shit I'm going to believe as a parent? Because every oh, parent yeah. is, like, <laughs> naive and kind of, idi- like, idiotic. Even my parents who, like, like yours, you're saying, like, my mom's a nurse, my dad's a barber, yeah. like, they don't, they never fell into the stupid trends that, right. oh, my God, you know, what does this text mean? Shit like that. <laughs> so it's like, yep. I wonder what my gen- – it's going to be something technology-wise well, that gets too advanced for us. Right. And, and here's the thing, though. I will tell you from my observations being 49 yeah. is that it's because, you know, right now, like, my my generation now are – because I got a vasectomy, and I've hardly endorsed that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> much better than kids. But it's it's my friends that are raising the kids that yeah. are there, right there. So it's like – you know, the, the Gen Xers, who, yeah, we've got to sit up, like, yeah, go argue with grandma and grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, they said, like, my family, my, well, you know what? Some of the hippies didn't flip ideology. Some of them stayed. Like, yeah. Like, yeah so it's, it's hard to do by generation. I mean, I feel like when we talk about generations, very often we're talking about mindsets. Because you know, yeah, there, there, there are 70 year old millennials mm-hmm. by attitude. Yeah. And there are also, you know, 20 year old boomers. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. my, my grandparents, like my literal grandparents, like, uh, th- like one side of them is like incredibly Republican like yeah. old time views and the other is like the most liberal <laughs> socialist person yeah. and i'm like you guys were raised in the exact same generation in the exact same city and like, it's that's a good point because it's yeah. it's the same fight slapping so the stuff that you're going to get on mm-hmm. kids the, the next generation of kids about yeah is not necessarily because it's a, a new technology you don't understand what it, mm-hmm. it's but well it, that'll be that'll be the uh fuck, i'm losing the word for it That'll be the the case example. Yeah. But the root reason is still the same because it's always the same thing. And you hit on it where it's like, it's something I understand. There's a, somebody made this, or it's a Douglas Adams thing where he Mm -hmm. talks about technology. He goes, anything that's uh, cutting edge technology when you're 12 is something that always existed and always will. Anything that, anything that occurs between 18 and 35 (laughs) is current technology and you know a lot about it. You could probably Mm -hmm. get a job with it. Anything that comes along after you're 35 is newfangled shit that shouldn't be. Wow, that's <laughs> so, it's, so true. Because yeah. if you even think, fuck, wow. So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna yell. Okay, it might be about holograms, yeah. but it's not really about holograms. It's the same thing that your parents yelled about you about texting. It doesn't matter what they're, the root cause is. I'm getting older and I can see bigger patterns that you can't see yet. And I'm pissed off at you for not listening to me about the pattern you can't see. It's like an invisible tiger, right? Yeah. It's like you're going like, you don't know there's a tiger on the other side of that door, but I do. And you're going, I'm going to open the door. Fuck you, old man. And I'm like, please don't open the door. You're going to let the tiger yeah. in. <laughs> I get, wow. I, that's so, the, what you were saying about the technology drop off. Yeah, that's a, so that's, I think tr- that's Douglas Adams. I'm I, not sure. But I can't it's, wait to be like, you know what Douglas Adams said at the next bar and park? I'm gonna use that for Google it now. first because if it's not D- if it's not Douglas Adams, it's Neil Gaiman or some other author See, here's of that the thing generation. We were talking about earlier though, where you just take what people say. I'm just yeah, yeah just take it. That it's Douglas, <laughs> Douglas, what's his name? Oh, Douglas, hey, Douglas Adam? Adams. Yeah, yeah Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Has credits for it, and I'm yeah. not gonna research it, and I'm gonna tell a shit ton of people. About you know what? Fuck that. No, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I know that like 
many of you watching right now are screaming the actual person who yeah. did this. Like, you're probably going to post the meme a million times yeah, and the yeah. comments like that. But fuck you. It's mine now. I said it. No, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give a credit to you. Although, yeah. You know what the lizard man told me? And then I'll just yeah. quote you on that. I got I'm going to start taking credit for all. I, it's, this is other one of my, my wife would roll my eyes. She's probably at home rolling her eyes right now because she knows I'm yeah. about to say this shit. But I'm like, I have my pet theory, which is everything human being, it's even further back. It's like everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, fuck that. Everything human beings need to know, we learned 2,000 years ago. Aesop's fable and Greek philosophy gives you the answers to everything oh, if you yeah. would just fucking stop and listen. I mean, I, and, but even then, if you're going to, if it's there, it, you critique it. Like the golden rule is one of my favorite things that people are like, do unto others as, as you, you would have them do unto you. I'm like, nope, wrong. Yeah. The rule is do unto others as they want you to do unto them. If yeah. you don't know how they want to be treated, ask them and then treat them that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's better. But the basic premise, I think, is solid where you're like, that wisdom goes back thousands and thousands yeah. of fucking years <laughs> and we still haven't even gotten the hybrid. That's like, the, the golden rule is like the step down version of it. It's like, we know you're not going to be so good as to ask people and then yeah. treat them nicely. We, we know that's off the table because you're yeah. all dicks. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you could go so far as to at least give them the courtesy you want. Yeah. Right? Like, nope, still not there. Thousands of years later, fucking still not there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're never, like, the textbooks are never full of, like, shit that we just now discovered. It's all yeah. shit from, like, math, science, all that and is all old what's, shit. What's even worse about it is I'm, I'm finding this out as I get older. Mm-hmm. Do you know what old people really love to do? And I'm, this is my problem because I find myself in groups of, you know, yeah. quote, unquote, well, late 40s people, early 50 people, mm-hmm. and it pisses me off because they sit around and go, yeah, man, you know what they say, and they say some fucking cliche truth. They go, man, turns out that really is true. And I'm like, yeah, you knew that was true when you were 19 and you fucking ignored it. Yeah. And now you're sitting around going, man, that shit really is true, but you're not doing anything to get people to fucking listen. Like, yeah. But it is true. Like, I, so many times I've, in the last few years of my life, I found myself going, that was self-inflicted stupidity because I didn't listen to hackneyed wisdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I mean hack, I mean seriously hackneyed bullshit. Yeah. You, you want real practical advice that works for everybody? It's out there. Mm-hmm. Lift with your legs, not your back. Yeah. You know how stupid that sounds? People are like, ha, 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 ha. Now go watch them yeah. ruin their backs. Yeah. Right? Ask anybody. You know how many people I've seen die of pain medication addiction that started out with a back injury from doing something completely avoidable, right? Yeah. They threw their back out. They got on pills. Now they're fucking dead. And yeah. it's like, I, it sounds trite and stupid, but lift with your legs, not your back, could have saved their fucking life. That's, yeah, that's yeah. wild to think about it. When I, you think I, down like I, that. it's, it's, this is what haunts my thinking right now. And especially during the pandemic, because I got nothing to do but sit around and yeah, fucking just be with your and, thoughts. And that over, I mean, I'm already an overanalyzer. And I, same, I, I, same, I celebrate yeah. it, right? I, like I said, I lean into it. But now I'm kind of fucking myself up because I walk around and I'll be like, I'll grab, I'll set something down and be like, Where's your grand? Like, imagine anytime you do something, this is my thing now. It's like, imagine you're five years old and you're doing it and your grandfather is watching. Because I can hear my grandfather go, don't set that near the edge of the table. It's going to get knocked up. Yeah. Fucking, you're right. Yeah. You know, I, can, I can get you, I can save if you would just listen. Not me, don't you have to listen to me. Listen to already established wisdom mm-hmm. and you can save yourself health problems, uh, furniture being ruined, carpet being ruined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Use both hands. Do one thing at a time. Take your time. All this shit it seems so fucking dumb when you're mm-hmm. a kid. 
It's hell. It still, it still seemed dumb to me in my mid thirties. No, I'm still I fucking up agree. these lines. But if I fucking listen all this shit, I'm like, oh, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. That yeah. wouldn't happen. You know, the number of times that I've like, I'm working around my house, right, trying to fix stuff. Like, oh, I made that worse. Why did I do it? Why? Yeah. Why? Why did that get worse? Because I didn't stop and make a plan. What What did Grandpa do before he fixed something? He sat down with a piece of paper and literally made a list of the stupidest shit. He yeah. looked dumb. He's like, "Go to the store and buy screws." Right? That's the why do you have to put buy screws on a list before you start the project? Because you know you you get to step five, you'll be getting ready something for that, and you'll be like, "Fuck, I didn't go get those screws." I uh, do. <laughs> I'm the I, I'm like a good thing. My mom is instilled in me, like you were saying, is I yep. follow directions to a T. Like we yeah. just bought a barbecue. And we're putting it together. And I was doing it with my girlfriend. I was like, hey, we have to follow every step, step by step. Yeah. And she was like, okay. Because tell she wasn't listening. Yeah. Couple, <laughs> a couple, a little halfway through. She skips a few steps. And we had to go back like yeah. five steps because it she messed like, up a like, bunch of other I got things. The, I got the attachment rack ready to go on. You're like, oh, you can't put it all together until we put the back bolts it's, on that connect it to the exactly. thing. And then, and then it's <laughs> like you said, where if we just follow the rule of like, hey, follow directions, and here's the important we one there. save time. Did, did, I don't know if they still do this, Ted. I, I feel like sometimes I bring up shit from when I was in school and then I forget that we've defunded yeah. the schools and people don't get educations anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit, yeah, you only got that if you went to school in the 80s yeah. and, uh, and you had a good teacher. But the big one is is when they give you the test, mm -hmm. right, and there's there's 15 things on it that you have to do, but the first one says, read all the directions first. Bro, and 15. I was, <laughs> dude, I was talking about my girlfriend with this yesterday. That, that's, that's so the insane thing, right? that you brought that, that up. Because, yeah, I was telling her, we took a test where, the, where yeah. it was 15 questions. We all finished. And, like, two kids with nothing on their paper all got 100s. And we were all just idiots. Yeah, until you got did. to the bottom. And you're like, And then there's oh, eracer marks all over. Yeah. He's like, I can see. Oh, yep. my God. Yes, we did that. But my girlfriend... Had no idea what I was talking about. So we're right, and that's that the, if you if yeah. you don't teach it, that's that's the other thing too is that we have this sort of this is the be kind to others speech. Mm -hmm. They give a lot of times like you have no idea. You know, people are usually like, oh, they've got a burden. Maybe they're abused. Or they're like, hey, it doesn't even have to be that bad. Yeah, like some people just weren't taught. Yeah, right. Like that's so I've true. literally used to work at a warehouse with people who were functionally illiterate. Mm. Like I yeah. was one of the, I worked the night crew at a comic book warehouse, picking and packing. I was like, and I got promoted because I could read. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't fire the illiterate people. They just gave them jobs where they didn't have to read. <laughs> I literally had a dude where I planted him under a big S sign because mm -hmm. he was at the S section mm -hmm. and I watched him like look at the letter S as it was on the sign and look at a comic book with a stylized S and be like okay that's <laughs> wild that that's yeah. like, so, like a but, functioning member of society like. but I'm like but I, I, you know, I eventually find out you know this, like, he can't read well he's never been taught you can't just assume people were taught to read and then they were so dumb they didn't yeah. get it now his problem was purely a matter of he would never. He had never been put in an environment where people were trying to teach him how to do his stuff. He needed to learn how to do. Yeah. Like I also showed him how to put together a cardboard box, which you know that might seem like perfectly like most people are like. Oh yeah, I, I never. Nobody ever showed me it, but they probably did. You probably learned it by watching someone else. But if you got to a point where now you get a job mm -hmm. where you have to do this a hundred times a, a day in your shift, yeah. and you've never seen how it's done. You might figure it out. You might figure out a better way, but more than likely, you're going to fumble with it yeah. until somebody like me comes over and goes, hey, these are easy. If you pick them up by that corner, open them like this, full, yeah. full, boom, 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 takes you two seconds. And they're like, okay, now they've got it. But people have to be taught. You yeah. can't assume knowledge. Yeah, they, the worst <laughs> is when people just get thrown into shit. That's crazy you were saying about the illiterate thing because it had me thinking. 
the girl I had on the podcast last week, uh, Audrey Scott, she said she went to school in Ohio and mm-hmm. she was in advanced classes. Like they had her in like the Excel, like she was ahead of schooling the smart people. Right. And she's already she, beaten the curve. Yeah, They're not teaching to her she yet. She transferred anymore. to the, her, she was a military kid, moved mm-hmm. to Virginia. And they were like, you're three years behind in yep. education. And then she had to go in all the ESL, like slow learning classes, because <laughs> education was that different, different. from one state mm-hmm. to another, which is insane. It can, it can be that different from one school to mm-hmm. another. Like, so my, my, my dad mostly had a, a military career, but when he transitioned to the National Guard, he was teaching as yeah. well. So he was a high school shop teacher. That, yeah, okay, it was still yeah. shop when he was doing it. Then, industri- then industrial arts and technology, That's they, they, they changed the name. Arts, yeah. Yeah. Right. My mom was a first grade teacher for almost 20 years. Like, but it's like, yeah. yeah, she's like, look, even, and it's now it's gotten to the point where it's not even like school to school. Before it's like school district to school district, now yeah. it's school to school. Now it's classroom to classroom. Yeah. It's like, hey, is your kid lucky enough to get the teacher that still gives a shit? Yeah. It's <laughs> the so teacher wild. that, and like, I mean, right now, because it's a healthcare crisis, we're talking a lot about like nursing shortages. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of nurses that are nurses right now because in 2020, we just waved a magic wand and went, okay, seniors in nursing college, you're a nurse now yeah. without all their clinical rotation, without yeah. all the real learning, the real experience, which is a problem. But same thing with teachers, man. Mm. We've, we've been going through a teacher shortage for a long time and fine. And you've got people that are just hanging on for like, you know, pensions or whatever. But you've also got people that are, they, they can't make a living as a teacher. You're like, you want them to be a teacher. They've gone yeah. to school to be a teacher, but you've saddled them with crippling debt, which means yeah, they cannot no. make enough. Le- you, you, if you want them to teach your kids, pay them some fucking money and stop putting them through debt ringers to get yeah. the certification. I mean, yeah, most <laughs> of them are paying out of pocket for their own shit. Like, yeah. They, they, there's ones that just don't get paid And that, that shift is, is weird to me. So, when there was a, a point where my mom in her first grade class, because again, very rural, some kids have like an hour long bus ride yeah. on like highway speeds on buses because you're coming from these ridiculous family farms. Yeah. A lot of them are showing up at school too, so poor, they're not getting food. And there was no breakfast program at this yeah, public school. Yeah. My mom bought a toaster, started making toast. Like kids come in the morning, first graders, hey, everybody get two pieces of toast, like, have something to food, a little bit of juice to do it. Yeah. She did that all on her own out of pocket. Yeah, the local the local news decided to do a, found out about it, mm-hmm. do a story. The school board fucking came after her and said, you're making the school look bad for not providing a, like, yeah. this is Step horrible. Shit up so, well, yeah, exactly. They're like, you can't do this. You can't do this. She's like, why? The kids need to eat. Like, but it makes it, but it makes the, it look bad and the policy and all this. Like, we, and we can't do it because of, because of liability and all this shit. She's like, so when do the kids get the food? Like, yeah. that, like you guys are focused on all these other problems. Like the problem is we have kids trying to, trying to, she's trying to teach kids how to read and they don't have any food in their bellies. And your answer to that is, well, we have policy issues. Maybe you can vote on this bill. Like, no, 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 no. Put food in the kids. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's so weird that they're like, you know what hill we're going to die no, on? Yeah. Not feeding kids. Yeah. Like, this is the one that Pub- you want? Public image. That's yeah. A, yeah. And I, 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 that's the other two. Is like, some people are worried about public image, things like that. Like, I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody, wants to, if somebody wants to go at you for yeah. allowing kids to get a, you know, and that's the other thing. She's not a proper food service. There's not, you know, the health department didn't certify your classroom. Yeah. Like, all of this shit, like, let them fucking come. Yeah. I will stand on the front lines and fight for you for that shit every fucking day. Let them fucking come because it's so stupid. Yeah, it's like, wh- who cares what the public perception of your school is if kids are eating and getting educated? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> like, the main two like, points of it. I, like, I hate that vice principal. He's got the wrong politics. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I hate that you send your kid to school hungry. How about yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> that's so that's uh yeah, that's wild. That uh I don't know, yeah. People always pick like the weirdest, just the weirdest shit that they're like, this is what yeah. we're gonna fight on. But that's just like companies and business. They I, seem to never be the nicest people. I feel like that's too when when people say it's they do it in the name of. Yeah. I say, so this is that's goes to the heart. Like a lot of the, the problems that I have had or things that kind of fell out where I felt like <clears throat> I was treated unfairly mm -hmm. was by people that I knew, people that I wanted to be friends with, but who felt that their obligation to a company they worked for outweighed an ethical obligation to a person. Yeah. They're like, basically, somebody made a conscious, multiple people in my life have made conscious decisions in dealing with me that saving their corporation a couple thousand dollars at the most would be better than treating me with the same respect as other performers because I didn't have an agent. I didn't have representation, right? Yeah. Anybody who went to, you know, some of these projects and shows or had who had an agent, the agent knew they go, oh well look, everybody gets paid seventy five hundred dollars. So that's that's what this spot is worth. That's 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 our market value right now. Yeah. Go ask anyone who's ever done it for 20 years or two weeks, you get seventy five hundred dollars for this. That's what I'm asking for an agent. Now my dumbass Right, yeah. is showing up with no representation. Thing like and like, oh man, and getting to talk with the person who's putting it. Like, oh, we really like the same stuff, and yeah, this is going to be great if we pull it off. Let's make this. Let's do whatever's necessary to make this happen. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars is great. It's a one day shoot. What do I care? It's an hour. Yeah. Normally, I get fifteen hundred dollars for a weekend back then mm -hmm. for doing like three live shows. You want? You're going to give me fifteen hundred dollars for taping a twenty minute TV segment? That's great. Yeah. And I walk away like a fucking idiot, not knowing that they're like, ha ha ha, we pocketed fucking six grand. Yeah, uh, we yeah. saved. Six. That's that was their thinking. And like they're going back to the company, like, hey, I got you the lizard man for mm -hmm. literally one fifth of what we pay everybody else. Yeah. Only because I don't know. And I, I had this conversation with one of their lawyers, and the, like literally their legal representation for one of these companies said to me, he goes, yeah, that sucks, but like, what do you want to do about it now? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's we, so we ain't shitty. Get, he, yeah, he, as their lawyer, he's like, I'll tell you right now, there's no way this company's cutting a check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that ship sailed a long time yeah. ago. At least he was on straight shooter with. <laughs> oh him, yeah, like, he, you know. he, he. Here's the thing: he was very, he was almost too willing to tell me what dicks everybody else at the company <laughs> had been. He was like, oh, yeah, that person fucked you. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe this company's not the greatest. Yeah. Which, uh, I want someone to ask this too, mm -hmm. which, uh, which one of the tattoos hurt the most? Like, which part do you think for, was the most painful? For location-wise, I'd probably say just pure intensity. It's like the nose. Yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of nerve. A lot of people go for eyelids, mm -hmm. but that, you feel it. And there's this sense of, oh, shit, there's a needle bouncing off my eyelid. If it goes through, it hits me in the eye. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that painful. It's not that localized. Uh, it's, the okay. nose is just intense oh, fire, yeah. uh, involuntary watering. Your nose runs or anything. Oh, the only shit, thing that yeah. there, The two other places like that, right behind the ears on the mm -hmm. bone, kind of rattles the skull. And this mohawk stripe down the top of my head. Because um, I mean, it's just dark ink. Huh? Yeah, well, really it's it's also just it's that boniness, that thin, and it's like yeah. when I say I hear, felt it vibrating in my feet. Like I remember laying oh, on the table yeah. and just like my wife was there and she's watching my feet. And normally I just lay there like or I try and be a corpse when I'm getting tattooed, yeah. make it as easy as possible for them. But I was lying there and she saw my sort of feet going. I was like, I can't not move. I'm in so much fucking pain yeah. right now. And I was lucky the when I had it redone the second time because you go out with that hat and sunscreen yeah, in Texas, yeah, your yeah. fucking head's gonna fade. Um, the guy who did it had his head, his head tattooed and he was trying to work as fast as he could. He was literally, he's like, I'm so sorry, brother. I'm so fucking sorry, man. I'm almost, yeah. I'm going like, he's like, I apologized nonstop. How long did that like, one on the, the touch up take on the phone? Uh, that's 
probably only about a, a half an hour oh, to 40 good. minutes. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah because it, it didn't fall out badly, so it just needed kind of a go a over to, up, yeah. to get some of the faded spots in it. I it's also, it. it's a scalp. It's Anything above your neck is hard to maintain anyway. Uh, yeah, it's that just, makes sense. Because yeah, uh, I... Cause I uh, so, so that was the most painful tattoo. Did, That'd be very, yeah, intensity-wise. Like, I always go to those for pain, but... Did that hurt more than, like, the, did, like, the teeth sharpening or the tongue or the, teeth, or even the, the eyebrows? The hurt? teeth filing only took away enamel, so there was mm. never any pain there yeah. whatsoever. It's just a vibration. Um, the tongue splitting, I had a, a shot of lidocaine, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, that was basically so I could sit still, but mm-hmm. it wasn't bad. The swelling afterwards, the 48 hours afterwards oh, yeah. was some of the most intense things I've ever gone through. Fuck, yeah, uh, I can imp- imagine. The, the, most vol- the most pain I've ever gone through in my life, whether by accident or voluntarily, is my implants, though. Okay. This was nuts, because there wasn't a painkiller for these. I was cut open, surgical elevator separates the skin from the skull, makes yeah. a pocket, put the pieces in, sew it shut. Are you awake during this? Yeah, I'm completely conscious oh, the whole time. fuck, man. That's crazy. Yeah. My implants are the only time I've hallucinated and vomited from pain. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. That, yeah. it was, that was about a six-hour operation. Uh, well, it was. we started, and then six hours later, I was stitched up and, and, and done. Yeah. We took a break in the middle after we did one side to go over and do the others, but it was pretty much nonstop. Um, if you want to know how attached your skin is to your face, yeah. I could hear it popping loose, and I could oh, see... Oh, shit, uh, man. My buddy Steve Hayworth, who did the implants for me, is literally, like, straining, pulling. Oh, I'm seeing the veins fuck. come up his forearms. Yeah. You're feeling the pop as he gets it loose to come loose, and it's... Oh, it's, shit, uh, Implants are no joke, man. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> was that... So when did you get that in comparison to everything? Was it, like, was a day resistance, or, like... Uh, no, I mean, it was a big move, because, well, when I first started thinking about doing this mm-hmm. and designing stuff, the implants like mine didn't exist. They weren't a thing. Nobody yeah. was doing this. So in, but shortly thereafter, like I think 94, 95 is when he did the implants on Lifto and uh, Enigma. Um, so I kind of knew they were a thing and I started thinking about, well, how can I incorporate this technology? I, I was designing my face at that point, mm-hmm. but hadn't actually gotten my face tattooed. Yeah. Uh, which is good because if you get a tattoo, you want to tattoo over the implant after it's settled into place. Okay, yeah. Because even now the lines don't line up, which is fine. It looks all yeah. right in, in, in life, but in still photos sometimes you'd be like, oh, I can see where it's a little bit off there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, I was well on my way to my tongue was split. Mm-hmm. I was performing a lot more doing bar stuff, but it was 90, early 98 yeah. when I had them done. And then it was, it's either later that year or the beginning of 99 when I got my face tattooed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I got my, yeah, I got my face tattooed in, uh, cause I, I always forget and I should remember <laughs> that it was my birthday. I was, because it was close enough that I made a point of like, Oh, I'll make it my birthday. Yeah. Cause I always had a birthday dinner with my parents. I was, in Albany, they were about two and a half hours away. Yeah. And I would drive back up to that area. And so I revealed my facial tattoo to my parents by having them meet me at the tattoo shop. Yeah, how'd they feel about <laughs> that when they saw it? Like, what it, was, was, it was very anticlimactic because, you know, and I, I really should give my parents more credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anticlimactic in a good way. Because, yeah, because, uh, you know, I, 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 and you're especially, no one is as clever as they think they are. Mm-hmm. And that's especially true when you think about your parents. Yeah. They know more, they see more, they understand more than you will ever give them credit for. Yeah. And my mom was just perfect. She was like, 
well, it was going to happen or it was going to be weird that it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great fucking response. Yeah. yeah she was just like, she was like, we, we were waiting on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I guess. kind of saw it coming. Were, they were like, no way. You, you got your family. I never yeah. saw that coming. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Because that's something I had written down as I was curious if, yep. but like you said, yeah, I mean, your parents, you, you had tattoos they before. Know. It wasn't yeah. just like one day you got every single thing yeah it, it took 25 years for me to finish the tattoo yeah. like all my empty skills are filled in now so it was literally to the month 25 years have, have you had any like not, i mean this might be an aggressive word imposters like other people <laughs> I, that sound yeah you know what i mean not I, I not not Im, not imposters but like well copycats whatever yeah, you want to call it's it. not even copy i don't consider it copycat like i wanted more people when I, like when, an homage well, yeah exactly i figured it's an homage or it's part of it is like I made it. I wasn't the first tongue split in history. Mm -hmm. I was the first one to use the surgical method that I used. Yeah. And I was the first person to help other people go out and get it done, to create a way for as many people who want split tongues to have mm -hmm. it safely and effectively. That's awesome, yeah. And so that's what I look at. It's like, yeah, so I'm like, people are like, I don't get mad that somebody else gets their tongue split or whatever. If somebody actually tried to be me, that's annoying. Like, I've been impersonated on social media. People started yeah. fake accounts. Yeah, Where, yeah. you know, and obviously all you have to do is to take a picture of yourself because you're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the funny is that this isn't an imposter, but it will always be crazy to me in that somebody put out a casting call using me as a reference <laughs> and I, I ended up seeing it because a, a friend of mine who was in LA saw it was like, hey man, you have any idea what this is about? They're, yeah. they're like, they apparently want you, but they're not trying to contact you or anything yeah, like that. What? <laughs> so this guy ends up getting the, the part and it turns out they wanted him to play me. Yeah, it was it was for a sketch. They were doing it. They had come up with this comedy sketch idea about a lizard band because they had seen me. Yeah. And but they didn't want to actually get me because it, it and it wasn't really at my expense, mm -hmm. but it was sort of at the expense of body modification and otherwise. Like that. So they found a guy with a split tongue, you know, like, who was a piercer and he ended up getting to contact me because he's like, hey, dude, this is going to sound weird. But I played you <laughs> in a sketch. And it was like, yeah, it was some comedy troupe, like a, yeah. not Groundlings or whatever, LA and Brother, but some group that was actually putting out, you know, internet content. Yeah, yeah. And they did him up with makeup to be me. That's pretty and cool. And pretend, you know, so they could have me in the sketch. But I'm like, it's weird because I'm like, dude, I, I, and I, I actually watched the thing. I was like, I, I would have done that. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have yeah. been me in that. I, yeah. I would have done that. There's no money involved. Like I'm not angry about not getting a payday. You get a fucking improv comedy on the internet. You know, yeah, yeah. Half a decade ago, but yeah, yeah. It's just so weird that somebody's like, "Yeah, we're trying to get someone to play the lizard man." And I'm like, "I, I am the lizard man." Yeah, like, all, like, yeah, yeah. And they're exactly. like, uh, "We can't fly you to L.A. We can't do that." <laughs> And I get maybe at first they thought that you might be like offended, right? By yeah, it. And I'd be like, but it's "Fuck weird you guys!" That they didn't yeah. even be like, "Hey, my agent, call his agent, be like, hey, would he be offended?" And that, like, right. no, no, nothing like that. Well, and it's so easier weird. than that too because there's no agents involved. Like, contacting me involves going to my website and clicking on an email, yeah, or Instagram, the contact link, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's not like yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's, it's absolutely trivial to get a hold of me. It's harder than hell to get me to actually work, but it's hard. It's yeah. easy to get no, over. I totally get you. That's <laughs> fucking funny. Um, do you have one? I wanted to ask too. Do you yeah. have like a crazy, uh, like a crazy fan story? Do you have like your crazy any like thing wild like that? Especially well, yeah. touring with like well, because anything. because crazy is like a rel like again like a yeah. relative thing. It's like you know some people are like oh you know just somebody's like over the top into you mm -hmm. or it's like oh well they do crazy shit or did they do crazy yeah. shit and then try to impress? That's the one that gets scarier. Is when people want to impress you. 
and they start oh, doing dumb stuff. Yeah. Like I've had people who'd be like, "Hey man, I've seen your shit. You should have me in the show. Or you should get me. I should be out on this tour." I've seen like when I was doing pincushion stuff, and mm-hmm. this is the old rule in life, and but especially in slideshow and stunt work is you can't compete with crazy. Right? Yeah, I've taken the time to learn through meditation and conditioning to run skewers through my body and have it not hurt too much and do everything. Yeah, but there are people out there that will just straight up damage themselves. Yeah, right. I've I've literally seen a guy pick up a rock and smash it into his own forehead and be like, "Cool, huh?" Be like, "Okay, that's crazy. I can't compete with that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna fuck? compete with that." But you know, he thinks it's cool, and unfortunately, there are other people that'll support. Like I said. You get enough people in the world, people will support the most horrible shit. Yeah, you know? I guess and, that's true. You know, yeah, I mean, well, Gigi Allen's a cult fucking legend, yeah. <laughs> right? Don't be like Gigi. You know? <laughs> Even guess, if you like what he did, don't be like him. No, yeah. <laughs> I guess I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure because you do like the sword swallowing yeah. and the screw up the nose and like that. People, like you said, they want to relate to you and, right. and do or things they, like yeah, you. or they or they they make this and it's another thing that I get a lot of times, which is hard because I. I want to treat it right. Like basically there are, there are broken people in the world. Mm-hmm. There are people who need help. Yeah. And I tend to exist in circles and areas where people who are broken go looking, who are go looking for attachment, yeah. the outsiders, the weirdos, whatever. They're like, Hey, you're weird and you're an outsider and you do strange shit. You might get me. And I'm yeah. like, I'm an artist who mm-hmm. chooses to do weird and unhealthy yeah, shit yeah. for the benefit of people's entertainment you are someone who needs a hug and a drink yeah. or is looking for a social support structure and is willing to hurt yourself because you think those people are, they don't. The minute you stop punching yourself in the nuts or setting yourself on fire, they're going to get bored with you and walk yeah. away. They're not your real friends type of deal, right? Yeah. And so I deal with a lot of people in that situation and it's the yeah. hardest thing in the world. Like, you know, because part of me wants to be like, you poor fucking child, let me you help you. Help them, but yeah. but you can't, right? It's like, but then I think back, I'm like, hey, you know, I wasn't always... I didn't always have my shit together. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. always in a healthy place. And yeah. I did some dumb things because of it too. And when I was in that unhealthy place, I probably wouldn't have fucking listened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now I'm sitting here, I'm like, but I want to, I want to have, and it's, it's, it's just a difficult thing. The, the, one of the hardest ones are like, uh, and I, I get this on a very regular basis, are literal kids, mm-hmm. not legally adults, mad at their parents because they won't let them pierce their nose but yeah. or split their tongue or whatever. And I'm just sitting here, they, it's, it's the worst case scenario, right? Because this kid is going to go out and he's going to go to anyone who will tattoo them or pierce them is an unethical scumbag who's probably not very good at what they yeah, do, yeah. right? And that means like, so they're putting them, they're at greater risk, mm-hmm. right? And I'm over here and I'm like, I, I, I'm typing out the email. I'm like, I sound like such an old fucking yeah. asshole. I'm like, I'm like, look, your parents are just fucking worried as shit over yeah. you. It's not really about whether or not you can pierce your nose and bodily autonomy. It's about the fuck that they're scared shitless yeah. for you. And like, yeah, you need, you get to be your own person. And this is the time in your life where you figure that shit out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when they're screaming, Hey, there's a car coming. There really is a car coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you said earlier with like, j- like, they just don't understand. They it. don't like, know. Maybe you're like, they, look, are your parents that are probably freaking out probably don't have any piercings yeah. or any tattoos, so they don't get it. Yeah, it's like yeah, right. It, and it, well, that's the a real problem with that one too. Is yeah, the other side of this equation is you've got somebody who doesn't know shit about tattooing or piercing and thinks, oh my god, they're gonna get hepatitis or whatever like that. Like, yeah, if if you if the parents would educate themselves about the activity the child wants to get into, and if the child would, and this is hard because as a child, it's just gonna be hard. You're just yeah. not going to always accept that there are people that know 
more than you. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, like, that's the reality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's hard for me now. At 49, I'm like, fuck, man, when I was 20, I should have listened to some shit. I should have listened to my own advice because I I learned very early. I'm talking about, like, how I, I... I know how to, I know the right thing to say, even if I don't do yeah, the right thing. Yeah. It's like for years and years, I told people like, dude, if you're going to get, if you're going to do this sort of work, like you got to get a lawyer, you got to do that. But I was the exception to my rule. I'm clever enough. I can read it. Yeah. I understand it. And I signed so many bad releases <laughs> that I, I'm like, I read that shit. It's not, they didn't, they didn't trick me. I fucking read it. Yeah. <laughs> I read it. Then I tricked myself into thinking I knew what it meant. So I didn't yeah. get a lawyer, and I signed it because I know what that means. It's just self-doing it, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's self-inflicted stupidity right there. Yeah, but it's fuck. also, it's like, I, like, this is more than, more than half my life ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I've had half of my life now to figure out how to correct that mistake. Yeah. And I still haven't figured out. I don't, I, like, you ask me right now, what should I, what did somebody need to say to 23-year-old me? And I'm like... Not a damn thing that would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a fucking thing that would have worked. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. Yeah, there's like, it's even funny, just even at 24, like the things I did at 20 that I'm like, well, is it, how did I not see that's that? That the, that's stupid. a function of the age period, too. Like, that's, that's another thing that where, like, society, societally and culturally, where you see misplaced values, where it's like, especially as adults, right? As older people, like everyone who is over 30 mm-hmm. has gone through their teens and their 20s. Yeah. They know what a horrible shit show it is. Mm-hmm. They know how radically and ridiculously your universe and your experience of life changes on a day-to-day basis because they've fucking been through it and then not a single one of us takes that into account. No, exactly, <laughs> Bro, I was like, yeah. what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with kids today? Well, number one, they're kids, yeah. right? Remember when you were a kid? It's fucked. Yeah. If you ever run into somebody who's like, man, I had my shit together as a kid, get as far away from that person yeah. as you fucking <laughs> run for your goddamn life. <laughs> that a, if something horrible is about to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First off, they're liars. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, if you're lucky, they're a liar. Mm-hmm. If you're unlucky, they're so stupid, they really believe it. They think and, that they're perfect. And yeah. being that close to someone that dumb never turns out well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. You don't want to be there. That's like, there are certain things like, you know, very few of them, if, but if you're in a bar or, yeah. or at a party or whatever, and you hear somebody say something that stupid, just leave. Yeah. Just, just fucking walk out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's really fucking good <laughs> advice right there. Uh, you have, you have pet ferrets? I have pet I, ferrets, yeah. A, that's, okay. How, so you have, how many ferrets do you have right now? One? Right now we have three. Okay, you have three ferrets. Yep. How, how, is this your first? group of ferrets or <laughs> no. what, what? Um, my my wife had uh one ferret when we met back okay. in 99 yeah she took in another ferret because a friend of hers was going to adopt it which yeah. of course fell through so now she had two ferrets yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when i moved into her we had we, we had two ferrets mm-hmm. we very quickly got up to five and that was persisted for a number of years uh now we're down to to three which is it's a better more manageable number for us Plus, uh, I kind of consider our capacity to be five, and I like for us to be able to take in emergencies and rescues because yeah. we've done that over the years. All of our all of our ferrets right now are rescues. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. and um, I've done stuff with and for the uh, Texas lover, Texas ferret lovers rescue, which is just between here and Dallas. Okay, yeah. uh, it's actually closer to Dallas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, she had ferrets. I knew what they were. I'd, I'd seen ferrets, and I'd, I'd held one before. I'd, somebody had a friend that had a pet one. But uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with them really quick, and they're they're a lot of work. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, yeah. It's one of those things. Like I, every time I, I catch myself talking about how much I love my ferrets and how great having them is, I sort of think I'm like, this makes people think they should go out and get a pet ferret, which is like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like serious, you got to think about there's they're a serious investment in both time and money. Yeah. yeah. Are they uh, 
Like, are they? I, I, obviously, this is like a weird question. Right. Are, are they like closer to dogs or cats? Or they're, like, what are they like? Well, I mean, if you, you know, think about a, a weasel, a stoat, yeah. or a vole outside, yeah. that's what they're predators. They're close to puppies. The, to dogs, the way that uh, they're often explained for people who are getting into ferrets or interested in them is it's like getting a puppy or a kitten that never grows up, ah, but okay. it has some of the worst traits of puppies and kittens yeah. and it never grows up right they're gonna be hyper mm-hmm. um they're gonna be the, the, it's one of those things but the thing with the ferret is it's either so asleep that you're afraid it's dead like new <laughs> yeah. fer- new ferret owners routinely go to pet stores and vets with their sleeping ferret and like i think it's dead or it's thick That's or whatever because they go into like almost it's because they're they're uh they're high level pr- predators yeah yeah you can tell basically where an animal is in the food chain by how much it sleeps Ah, okay, like yeah. Lions and tiger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get up, burst around. of energy, get your food, and lay around. It's because nothing's attacking them, all, oh, or almost oh, never something's wow. at- I didn't yeah. ever even if, thought about if that. If you're a high up predator, you've evolved to be able to take up the advantages of, of more sleep. It's, it, there's a lot more that goes into it, but that's one of the basic size. So, um, ferrets are basically insane little serial killers. Yeah. They're domesticated <laughs> weasels. So, if you look at their wild counterparts, mm-hmm. uh, they go out and they'll kill, like, say, a bunch of deer, like a, a vole will. It's so a great nature program. This is the example I always go to where they're watching this, um, what is he? I forget, some type of weasel. Mm-hmm. This is a least weasel. And they're watching it go out and it kills a mouse and it takes it back to the tr- its tree with its burrow. And they're like watching it, watching it. They're like, wow, it can't be eating all of these, can it? So they put the camera down into the burrow. Yeah. <laughs> and so what it does is when it gets it because it needs some food right away. It eats its head. The entire head. They're obligate wow. cannibals. Yeah. They eat the whole thing. Wow. Hair, bone, gristle Damn. teeth. All that. Eats its head, stores its body like cordwood. They go in. It's like a serial killer's nightmare. There's all these stacked headless mouse bodies oh in the burrow, <laughs> like setting it up for like later food. And if That's you, some crazy buffalo bill yeah, shit. If you look at black-footed ferrets, which are the they they were considered extinct. We've got a we just cloned one mm-hmm. uh, during the pandemic, so we're getting their population back up. There's reintroduction in all the states. Black-footed ferrets are basically home invaders. They eat prairie dogs. Oh, So a, shit, a black-footed yeah. ferret weighs a couple of pounds. It's about yay big. Mm-hmm. It takes down prairie dogs that weigh 20, 25 pounds. That's insane. And it, yeah. What they do is they go into the burrows, and they literally just wipe out the entire prairie dog population yeah, and feast on their butt and move into their house. So it would be like if some dude just came up here, kicked in the door, killed both of us, said it's my place now, and ate our bodies. And when yeah. he ran out of meat, was like, go to another place, kick in that door. That's <laughs> so wild, dude. Yeah. That was, dude, yeah, they're fucking, fucking savages. Fer- ferrets are gangster as fuck, and I love yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> but do they have, they have sweet moments, or you just live oh, yeah, in oh, fear dude, in your house, when, just so, feet up off the well, ground like, and shit? D- domesticated ferrets are obviously, like, it, it's a big difference, right? Like, this is the difference between a feral dog and, mm-hmm. and your pet, right? Yeah. Well, these blackfoot are domesticated ferrets. And ferrets have been domesticated for going back to Egyptian times. They use mongoose oh, and ferrets. Shit. We yeah. use them for pest control. Okay, yeah. The yeah. department of the U.S. Department of Agriculture used to have ferret men, <laughs> and if you were a farmer, yeah. as part of because we want to support the farms, you know, you gotta, yeah. the, the heartland must produce a certain amount yeah. of things like that. The government would send a ferreter out to your house with a bunch of ferrets <laughs> or out to your farm, right, and turn them loose, and he would eradicate your prairie dogs, rabbits, mice, whatever you had a problem with. They'd take them out. What a and, job. And then come out. Yeah, you could be... It, there's um, a book written about the job. I think we've got a copy back to the house like that. It's 
you know, like a 20s or 30s book like that. But yeah, it was one of the early you government think it programs. Was like, you think that was a job like when he met <clears throat> ladies or like, oh, you're a fair <laughs> like, right? You think fairman's got hoes well, or no? I, uh, I don't know how well they did in America, but it's, yeah. still, it's still a thing in the UK. They use them to control rabbit oh, populations. Yeah, yeah. You can go on YouTube and see working ferrets. They work with dogs. You put the ferret down in the burrow, mm-hmm. and the ferret will kill some ferrets down there or kill some rabbits down there and drag them back out for you. That's but so cool. a lot of them will bolt. Like, the, the rabbits will be like, oh, shit, the ferrets are here. Yeah. Run out. The dogs are waiting outside, and the dogs oh, take them down. Oh, damn. Uh, a, good, a, a good dog and ferret team can clear out uh, rabbit dens, which means taking down a couple hundred rabbits mm-hmm. in a day. That's so crazy. I don't. I feel like people like we don't appreciate other animals. Like it's like you got yeah. like the the big animals like cows, chickens. You know, like uh, fucking farm life, farm life, yeah. do- dogs, cats. Like where people are like those but, are cool, but, but like, working animals. Yeah, like ferrets. Like yeah. I, like it, anyone. I guarantee you, anyone who's listening to this probably didn't know that <laughs> ferrets like could like that's fucking crazy yeah. that you can train them to. Basically going to combat with a dog yeah. and they're, wipe out rabbits. They're and shit. active pest control. They're still wor- still used. I like, say mostly in the in the UK and Ireland. Yeah. Those areas. Like so you go on YouTube, see a lot of videos. Uh, the more modern <clears throat> one. The trivia fact that a lot of people that don't know anything about ferrets or hear about ferrets are like, yeah. you'll see it is the Hadron Collider mm-hmm. was wired thanks to the help of a ferret. Ferrets wow. were used for wiring. Boeing for years had ferrets they used to wire airplanes because they are insanely intelligent and highly trainable. That's so insane. you put a wire, you, you put them in a harness, put the wire on the harness, they'll run through the one of the wire through where you pop out the other side, you unhook them, boom, your wiring's done. So they Damn, did that for the, so the collider cool. and everything. Yeah, it's, um, they actually, the, the, the Hadron Collider uh, one is funny because people were talking about, well, what if she's, because sometimes the ferret will just stop and go to mm-hmm. sleep. So with training and practice, they got her really, she was a high functioning working ferret, but they would also just have to like have, uh, was it my book uh, contingencies in place yeah. as to where they could get to her because what if she stopped and pooped in the middle of running <laughs> yeah, a wire? Yeah, a, a ferret will do that, like especially baby ferrets when mm-hmm. they're really excited. That's so they like they they're, they'll get really good about latrine training. Mm-hmm. Like we have puppy pads in corners, they go to them and they're really fucking great about it because uh, we've had all of these since they were young and trained them. But like a baby ferret will often be in the ferret. They'll be wrestling with you, playing with the toy, and they'll be like, oh shit, I got a shit. And just go right there, <laughs> and like back to playing, like yeah. that. So like they'll still do that sometimes as adults. If you get them really excited and really going, yeah. they'll just be like, uh, "No," I'm, they'll be like, "I'm not walking over there. I'm gonna do it right here." <laughs> that's so funny. You get them that excited. Damn. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I like that's cool. Like just that you have ferrets. Like that's unique. I mean, and needs a pet. Like for me, it's they like say it started off with my wife and Sheila. The only reason that we kept going is, is really her because now it wouldn't matter with the pandemic. But traveling. I, never, I grew up with raising uh, sled dogs. My father oh, and I, yeah, we, raced, yeah. we raced Siberian Huskies on sled dogs. I'm a big fan of working animal and animals enjoying themselves. I love a competition. Like, I don't like dog shows. I like, mm-hmm. like agility courses. Those dogs yeah. are having fun. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. getting put on a pedestal and getting a finger in your butt yeah, is not no, fucking fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> Some people's fun, I mean, yeah. Mine, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But you shouldn't yeah, be making do the dogs you. do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, was, I was like, it's not fair to the animal. Mm-hmm. I, I had a snake because I used to do the uh, the yogi act where I'd put a snake up my nose and it would crawl up my mouth. But that snake traveled with me on tour yeah. and, and shows, and that snake was pampered to fuck mm-hmm. because I'm just an asshole about shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's but it turned out that the reason I stopped doing the snake was I started getting. I'm like, yeah, this isn't a great existence for this snake. You know, the life yeah. that I'm giving it isn't that great. It, it would at least have a bigger terrarium if I mm-hmm. wasn't dragging it around on tour. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was like, look, if you want me to do that act. 
find a pet store and we'll borrow a snake for the afternoon and I'll do because I can I can get any snake up to speed within an hour or two as long yeah. as it fits through my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's crazy. Like I didn't like I don't even know you could put a snake through. It's actually that is a stunt that goes back again hundreds if not thousands of years. In India or Pakistan, you might get to see it on a street corner for free. Wow. In America, I could, in the 90s, I could charge tens of thousands of dollars yeah, for it because nobody else would do it. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, it's like you saying, like, the ferrets. Like, you're an interesting man. It'd be kind of boring yeah. if you had a dog or a cat. <laughs> yeah, like, right. A ferret is a more appropriate animal for an interesting man, an interesting yeah. pet, interesting man. And, I mean, I, for a while, trying to look at taking ferrets at, um, people who might be big fans of magic will know, Harry Anderson, mm-hmm. who was a night court and everything, like most people yeah, know yeah, from yeah. TV. Yeah. He, he was a legit magician. And one of his first signature acts that actually got him a lot of attention was an act he did with ferrets. And he had, it was, you know, there was a hidden second. It was basically chop a ferret in half. Yeah. Which is funny anyway, because ferrets are so long, they look like they're fucking split. Yeah. You see the head and the tail, you're like, is there a body in between yeah, that thing? Yeah. Right? So he did ferret acts. So um, again, my wife uh, knew about him. I was really excited. When I got to meet him, it was great. And they, I talk, we talked about ferrets. Yeah, that's so cool though. <laughs> that's a cool like love to share like that. Um, all right, man. Well, we're going to, we're going to go. I, I, we always end the podcast with two more would you rathers and then right. kind of wrap it up and all that. Um, so would you rather do five years in prison straight up? So your five year sentence right. or do 10 years in prison, but you only got to serve weekends. So obviously it's going to take probably a majority of your life or right. a lot longer, but you only got to go to prison two days a week or you got to give up five years now. So roughly a hundred days a year yeah. for 10 years. Yes. Or five years straight. Um, I gotta, I gotta go with the weekend there. I feel, I yeah. feel, I feel like any time out matters. Like, yeah, no, like, you're right. Yeah, any time out, just a break from yeah, it. Because like, treat it like a bad job, or like your and, parents are divorced and you got to go to like and your I'm, dad's I'm, house. I'm on thinking, Sundays. I'm thinking worst case uh, scenarios too. I'm thinking like prison, prison, not like yeah, minimum. Because I mean, if it's bad, I, I mean, I actually had a, a cousin of mine got busted for weed in the '80s. Yeah, and, oh, I, yeah. and was still in high school, and I, I still kind of think I'm like. Did grandma and grandpa know somebody? I feel like somebody pulled a string yeah. somewhere because, yeah, he served, like, he only got uh, what, however many days, but it was on weekends. I think it was either his junior or senior year <laughs> in high school. He had to spend his weekends down in county, which, again, county, much different than oh, real yeah, jail, too. Yeah. That's why I'm like, if we're talking real fucking yeah, prison, we're real then, prison, then yeah. I'm taking my five days out. I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to get through 48 hours to get five days off, 48 yeah, hours Maybe again. it's the weekend. The prisoners are you know, a better mood because it's the weekend. I don't, yeah, I don't know I, if yeah. there's weekends in prison. Like, does, it, does the day of the week matter in prison? No, I, I think getting time out is what matters. Yeah. I think <laughs> if you asked anyone that's like, if you were in a court and that was like the yeah. sentencing offering, a lot of yeah. people are going to Well, I think, that. too, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm still kind of caught on that. So I think like five years only works out to like 1800 something days, like mm-hmm. roughly 2000 days. Like, whereas the weekends, again, it's 50 uh, or no, a hundred. Yeah. About a hundred. Yeah. Times 10. That's well, it's a thousand days. So it's still, it's less still days. 800 yeah, days less. Yeah. yeah. It is, it's anywhere from 800 to a thousand days less just doing the rough math. Yeah. I yeah, think so just like, the, the trick for people becomes is like, that I think I, I think having to go in and out in would and be out, traumatic, and, and for I think like other that. people might take that five year. But I think when you break it down, like you said, that yeah. it's prison, yeah. and it's probably better if you're in and out of there and like getting some time, eating yeah, some time, some time for yeah. your sanity and uh, yeah, because uh, if if you're 
if you're if you're cracking up during 48 hours, but you get some time off, you might get yourself back to it. If you're in for five years and you start cracking up at two, <laughs> yeah, you got three more trouble. to go yeah. and there's no help coming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those things where w- what we're doing here is like it's a uh, a subjective version of breaking down the price of a what, what a pitch man selling you something is like yeah. four payments of 19.95 and then one payment of 29.95 and you're like hold on it retails for 150 down at the mall and yeah, are you like, the shipping and ha- ah that's the shipping and handling that's yeah, where they get exactly. you exactly but there's somebody out there going I don't want to leave the house I'll pay the shipping and handling no exactly <laughs> so that's what it is sure I'm sure there are some people out there that want to do the five straight but I feel like the math isn't on their side no no <laughs> I, I completely completely agree with you that's the that's the thing about these questions. Is you ever just like sit down and think oh, yeah. about them? They're nonsense. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. when you get, but that's the point is that like people, like sometimes people are like, well, can I just kill myself? And I'm like, we well, don't have to do either of these. So just yeah. for the fun <laughs> of it, let's pick one. Exactly. We're, we're playing, we're, we've already entered into a hypothetical realm yeah, the, with, the, with literally no connection to reality. Yes. Other than your personality, that's what these these questions aren't about figuring out anything. Yeah, no, you were gonna. They're about revealing this. your personality. Yeah, this is all these all these stupid things, all these stupid games. You play that and you play them with strangers and at parties because that's what you're doing. You're not trying to get to a goal. You're trying to reveal yourself and get other people to reveal themselves to you, so that you can have an interaction that's actually based on more than. Hi, we're one of the good ones that don't fucking punch each other on site. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, well, it's, now what? Because yeah, if you're hanging out with people, right? That's the the whole problem with society. Is society's whole thing is if we band together in groups and leave out the people who just fight all the time, shit will get better. I mean, now we're all in a room sitting around, and they're like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is better. I'm not worried about getting punched. But what do we do, right? Yeah. It's 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 the you know, you were so worried about how you're so worried about staying alive. You never thought about what to do with your life when you have it to live type of questions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that again, as we go, but try to tie like other threads that we've been going on, talk about like being a kid and not knowing being at all. Mm-hmm. Like as you get older, I feel like one of the things that you do, if you're, if you are growing and actually making an effort, anyway, yeah, yeah. like some, peop- some, <laughs> some people, some people are putting yeah. in the work. Right. Yeah. But if, if you are making an effort, if you are doing these sorts of things that what you will, uh, end up finding it. I've kind of lost my own train of thought, which doesn't really matter. I was trying to is, bring yeah. it back to the, oh, yeah, it's the, uh, the really percent, is you start thinking about it, it's like, there's a portion of your life and people are like, well, why don't you do the shit you were in your 20s? Uh, good friend of Frodo Santini, who's uh-huh. a sideshow performer I know, Swedish guy, and he's, he quotes some dude and we can steal this because we don't know exactly who yeah, said yeah. it, <laughs> but it's a famous Swedish guy. Nobody it's knows. ours now. Yeah, yeah. nobody <laughs> knows famous Swedish people. Fuck that yeah, dude. He fuck no that shit. guy. But, he, <laughs> but basically he said, he said, you know, when I was a child, I enjoyed childish things. Now that I'm an adult, I enjoy adult things, and I no longer enjoy childish things. You're at different stages in your life, right? I can't believe you came up with that right now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just, so boom, man, it's so eloquent, isn't it, man? I fucking got away with words, dude. Yeah, for but real. I, I really love the, the underlying point, which is that, to me, I think the way that I paraphrase it, this is my paraphrasing now that mm-hmm. I'm going to take full credit for, yeah. which is you have to recognize what stage of life you're in. Sometimes you're in different stages for different things. Yeah. Like you might be in one stage for your career, but a different stage for your relationship, yeah. vice versa. The, the point is, you once you find, once you get a relationship, getting, mm-hmm. getting into a relationship requires different skills than maintaining a relationship, yeah. right? Starting a career requires different skills than maintaining and building a career, yeah, right? That's why, like, when you're in your 20s and you're trying to get laid, you go down to the bar and you do shit that will get people to come back to your place and have sex with you. Yeah. Once you get someone to come back to your place with you and have sex with you several times, you decide, hey, I would like to keep having sex with yeah. the person. They come back, maybe we should get a place with it. All right, now you need a completely different skill set. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah you like, adapt. And I, I say this as, as a person who had to go through, believe me, I mean, 
I, I you know, I'm I'll brag a little bit. Look, I was really, really good at getting people to have sex with me. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely horrible at getting people to be in a relationship with me yeah. or to be in a relationship with, because it was yeah. mostly my fucking fault, right? Yeah. But eventually... I recognized that I needed different skills and I worked on them yeah. so that now I have a really incredible, I'm, look, uh, people, the relationships have been hard, the pandemic mm-hmm. and all this, like I'm one of those people that are like the pandemic has done nothing but reaffirm for my wife and I that we made the right fucking choice That's with each awesome. other, yeah. right? There's like, because again, I've been on tour, right? Mm-hmm. She usually only sees me for an aggregate two months out of the year. Yeah. I've been gone since day one. We met. We hooked up on my tour bus. Yeah. I got her a cab back to her place, and I was gone. I was out of this county within hours. Yeah. Right, But here we are 22 years later, uh, happily married, coming up on our 18th wedding anniversary. Congrats, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit surprised. Yeah, no, no, but, but, I mean, but my point being is like, look, I and now it's so obvious to me. In fact, uh, earlier this week, I was down at uh, Jack Lopez. I got a friend who's bartending there. Yeah. And there was another dude there who used to be a bartender, mutual friends, who started a landscaping company with a friend. And he, went, and he was talking about getting home to his wife, right? My buddy behind the bar is just single, is giving him shit about, oh, yeah, oh, she cracked the whip, she sent the text, all yeah, that. Yeah. And I literally sat there for two and I turned to one of the other guys there and I go, okay, that was just a master class in why he's single and why he's married. Yeah, like, exactly. You see what these two guys are doing? Like, and look, it's not that my buddy behind the bar was wrong and the married guy was right. Yeah. It was they were both right, mm-hmm. but they both had different goals. Yeah. This guy wants to be happily married. This guy wants to get his dick sucked on a regular yeah. <laughs> basis by strangers, and they're both getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Two completely different skill sets. And as they say, like career wise, I see it a lot at open mics and stuff. You see people, you know, doing whatever material or trying to do whatever material, yeah. or you watch them online the way they try and promote stuff. And I'm like, all right, you know, I can I can let that slide, or I can be like, okay, that wasn't a great idea, mm-hmm. or I know what you were going for, and. You know, if you're still trying to do this in five years, you'll realize what a mistake it yeah. was. Yeah. But right now, there's nothing I can say to you because mm-hmm. you have a you are you're attempting to achieve this goal with this skill set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And no, you need to drop that skill set because it got you to that goal, and now you get to come over here. That's what. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to start over too. They don't realize that. They want to learn new shit. Yeah. When when we when people talk about levels to games or skills or yeah. careers or whatever like that, what a lot of people miss is when you get to that next level, you really do start over. Mm-hmm. I, martial arts is one they talk about having a black belt and like now yeah go ahead because I don't train every day right yeah. but when I got my black belt there's a traditional thing that was said in our dojo and they say it in a lot of dojos people anyone with any martial arts experience will have heard this before when you get your black, bar, black belt they say congratulations you've passed kindergarten because yeah. it, that's all you're doing when you get your black belt is proving to people that now you have the basic skills that they can build upon for you but you start back at zero mm-hmm. when, you, when, you're in a, when you go to a black belt class and you just got your black belt guess what it's just like being a white belt. Yeah. It's your first day yeah, in a new situation, belt. right? Yeah. So it's one of those things like and if you're performing, right? You're doing open mics, you're doing open mics. Oh, you get booked on a showcase, whatever like that. Like uh, the first time you get legitimately paid to do your set, maybe yeah. it's your 15 minutes you get put on mm-hmm. as an opener like that. That's a new level, right? And what happens is that people do this weird thing where they straddle it, right? And, it's like, yeah. and it's, this is one of the things that bugs me a lot in art because then people are like, oh, well, these people are taking $50 gigs, they're undercutting them. And I'm like, you're you're not supposed to be in that pool anymore. Yeah. You you graduated. Yeah, exactly. Like don't don't go back to kindergarten. Yeah. Right? Not saying not saying like, oh, you're better than that. No, no, no. I'm not better than a fifty dollar bar gig. Like I'm not that's not beneath me. Mm-hmm. It's just I shouldn't be competing for that. 
Yeah. There's plenty of people for whom that's a good gig. For me, that is a shit gig. I, I, yeah, I yeah. need more money. I need more notoriety. I need something that's going to motivate me, yeah. right? So, and and so to get better gigs, I need get better gig skills, mm-hmm. right? You're going, some people are going out there with their get a gig skill yeah. and expecting to book the Paramount or whatever yeah. it is. Like, no, 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 no. You need new skills now. See, all you've done is prove that you are a bookable talent. Yeah. Now you've got to prove that you, now because you have bookable talent skills, you have to prove that you have marketable talent skills and that yeah. you understand marketing. You have to prove that you know how to go in and do those morning talk shows and get those organic feeling plugs in. You've got to show that you can go there and do it without fucking it up or, or just that you're responsible. Yeah. I mean, look, half of, you know, I would put at least half or more of the success that I had in a lot of uh, gigs and down to the fact that I just showed up and did them. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how flaky and just out of it some people are. Yeah, like, you just got to apply like, yourself. Yeah. What, like, when I, I feel like when I say shit like, you know, you got to work and you got to apply yourself, you got to get your shit together, people think it's all about, oh, well, I got to book that. I need to spend an hour writing. I'm like, no, no, no. I, it, it's much easier than that. Yeah. A lot of people literally aren't showing up or they're showing up late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I've gotten people jobs from, like, doing rock tours and things like that that people show up and I give everyone the same it's kind of free advice to be like, oh man, how do I get in? Go, Look, you want to get into it? Every venue wherever you live needs local day stage hands. Here's what you do show up on time, do what you're told, mm-hmm. don't be a pain in the ass. Because touring crews will face be like, this guy's good. We'll play. I've watched, I mean, there's a, a woman now, Katie, who I remember I was on, just on a tour for the Jaeger Mushroom Music Tour as the host. Yeah. And we went through some. Middle, it was this had to be the smallest date on tour somewhere in uh, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And she was just there and she was, she was the production assistant local and the runner. She busted her ass. And the tour manager was literally like, I'm going to give her a job. We, we pulled her out of there. Yeah. He he was like, he's like, if you can go home, pack a bag, you work for me on this bus right now. We've got, you know, six weeks left in this tour. She had now uh, her most recent gig. She was the tour manager for in this moment. Oh, that's she's so booking, cool. like, yeah. but I'm like, and it, but people are like, what did she? Oh, she must have really impressed. I'm like, literally, all she did was be on time and follow she did, directions. Yeah. She did a fucking job. I'm like, that's all it takes, man. Yeah. Be on time and follow directions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's never if, as if, hard. If you if you could do that, you rise to the top of the applicants. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good story. Yeah, yeah. fuck. That's yeah, yeah. So many people so hard. For people to do them, like they act like doing the most basic yeah. shit, like you said, right. showing up on time and following mm-hmm. directions is the hardest thing, yeah. and it's really the easiest thing. Yeah. Like because the, the the thing that's hard is what you can't control is like it's luck, mm-hmm. and like that that is really. I mean, if I'm gonna give suggestions, like I'm lucky. Anybody, yeah. anybody, and it's just like you know, if the person won't admit that they're lying, they're mm-hmm. that stupid. Like yeah. run for your life. Like if people won't admit that their success is attributable to luck, then then again, run. Yeah. Because this crazy motherfucker thinks that they make shit happen in the universe by virtue of their own will and work. And yeah. that's just not how it goes. Like, don't, because like you said, doing the bare minimum, do the bare minimum. And then if you're lucky, it goes on. You're like, mm-hmm. well, what if I work really hard? Well, if you're not lucky, it still won't matter. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. so many people it's, that grind their ass off yeah. and never make it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a slave mentality. It's, you know, it's a holdover of the Protestant work, work ethic that has been drummed into, especially because you know, in, in America, we're the, the evangelical rejects, right, mm-hmm. from your, the Europeans came over. Like the religious nuts that were too extreme yeah. came over. And one of their hardcore tenets that has been baked into American culture is the Protestant work ethic, where if you work, you'll get something. I'm like, 
No, no, you, you can work your ass off and get absolutely nothing. Yeah. And you can also sit on your ass, do nothing, and get lucky. Now, there's, yeah, those cases are the far extremes of the probability. But as you work your way into the middle, you just, you find more and more effort that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Right? It's like, look, if you get lucky enough to get the opportunity, bust your fucking ass as hard as you can. But don't bust your ass without the opportunity because you're not going to get anything for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree yeah, with you. It's, it's, I, I think that a lot of people are becoming more discerning, which gets back to the generational thing. Mm-hmm. By like, I, and um, uh, Jake Flores, who was an Oscar comedian, who moved to New York, I, his podcast, he pointed, I saw something online that he pointed me to, which got me to this one, which I kind of realized I'm like, people were like, people are so soft that you don't want to work. And really, I'm like, oh, so you're angry that people younger than you won't allow themselves to be exploited in the same way you yeah. were. You're like, yeah. like, hey, just because you busted your ass for nothing in your 20s yeah. doesn't mean that you get to be mad at people who are 20 now not busting better. their ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I get there's Yes, sometimes there's an, there's an amount of entitlement, but I've seen fucking 50-year-olds be entitled out of their ass, too. No, I agree you know? with you, so yeah. So it's, it's, it's the other way. It's like, yeah, you got to be you got to be able, or you got to be ready and willing to work when the opportunity comes. But you shouldn't just be running around going like, hey, I'm going to do work because yeah. it doesn't come back to you. Like you need the deal in place. Like that's the whole thing is like that's, that's where I think that you're getting people to get smarter and smarter about it or hopefully. I mean, I haven't seen a big change in our day. It's one of the sort of chip on my shoulder things when I came from Sideshow. Yes, that a while ago when I started doing side shows. It's about 2010. I started actually okay, yeah. d- doing club stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before that, like I, I was. I, and this is one of those things where, like, I look at it now, I'd be like, "Oh wow!" If I was like seeing me, like, as the host, I was writing jokes and trying them out mm-hmm. in front of metal crowd. Like, yeah, I, I'm in, I'm in front of you know five thousand people about to introduce Slayer, and I'm like, "Let me try this joke out for the first time." Yeah. <laughs> like to me now, that sounds like the dumbest, most yeah, scary thing the in the world, right? But back at the time, I was like, "No, it just worked," and it, but it made me good. It also made me really careful about the material i did not careful in sort of subject matter but careful like i had to really believe it was good because mm-hmm. i'd been eaten alive by metal crowds. uh carrie used to let he you know he's warming up before so he would get out if he could if he had a nice place where he could not be seen watching he used to let me watch out there because eventually a slayer crowd always he calls it slayering you because yeah. he did he told me but he's like everybody who's ever introduced us gets slayered the crowd just starts chanting our name and he's like at that point if you try to keep going on with your act they will fuck you hard. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, but if you just let them take over, you might bring it back. And I sometimes I would go back to doing stuff like this. But if they start chanting, I'd just be like, fuck yeah, I'm a Slayer fan too. Let's go. And you yeah. let them run their energy out like that. But you couldn't fight them. They're That's too so big. good though, shit that like learning right. to work and right. flow with the crowd is right. some shit that like I'd haven't yeah. even got to really well, like work with a ton and you're getting well, you were getting it right away. But but crowds like that, what I found out was when I went to Club Bounty, it doesn't translate. And uh, and it, the the yeah. thing that I think is a great example of this is go back and watch some old Kinnison. Mm-hmm. Now, watch a Kinnison set in a club. Like, there's old footage of him at the Laugh Stop in Houston. Yeah. Watch one of those sets. Now, watch him do the exact same jokes in Madison Square Garden. He can't. Yeah. You watch his Madison Square Garden, um, this, this special, and it's been a couple of years since I watched it, but I remember the last time I watched it, the first 15 minutes is nothing. He doesn't say words. He just, just screams, and the audience screams back like because they have too much energy. And he realizes yeah. he's like he can't go into a joke. He yeah. has ah, and when they finally get tired of just yelling back at him, he goes right into a joke and gets. But he has to do it in the club scene. No, he comes out right into a joke, yeah. right, and builds up because they're different. When you've got that many people, that much energy, that that sort of yeah. thing, it, it, it's and it does like like you said, like I was, you know, and I, I get I don't want to be so much of a narcissist, but look, 
nobody ever told me I was shit at my job. Yeah. Right? All the people I ever hosted tours for and introduced were like, yeah. Uh, the compliment I used to get the most before I started going into clubs was, I can't believe I didn't expect it to be funny. Oh, you're so funny. Because I'm pumping my stomach, but I'm getting people laughing their asses off. Yeah. I'm telling porn jokes or I'm snorting a con. I'm doing pussy eating jokes. <laughs> yeah. And I've got, yeah, I've got a, a filthy as fuck set. The yeah. 15 minutes with this con going in and out of my head and over my like that. And I, it's one of those things where, I can only do it at like special blue comedy, even for clubs. It's a little too dirty and too filthy yeah, yeah. that people start to back off. They can't off. just like ticket the room and have someone's grandma there. Right? Yeah, out. yeah. It's like if you didn't come in wanting some wanting me to talk about like pulling gray hair, gray pussy yeah. hairs out of my teeth, you don't want to. Like, yeah, it's part of there's a grandma porn that, that evolved into it. I was yeah. like, you know what to do when you find a gray pubic hair, pull that shit out from between your teeth and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, what it comes down to is that in that environment, it's the crowds are, are different and they, they won't work. So I walked in with too much energy, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, the first time I got on stage in the Velveeta room, I acted like I was telling jokes to a Slayer crowd yeah. and I was projecting to the back of an arena while the 50 people pulled up in front of me were like, Jesus, fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, but then I started watching other comments. I realized I'm like, oh yeah, at a rock concert, I can scream the joke in your face and you will love that. In a little club, if I scream the joke, you won't get the joke because you'll just be like, "This guy's fucking yelling at me." Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that sort of that sort of. Uh, there were a lot of adjustments like that. That's so and cool, though. It was also to do like, both. yeah, I mean, and it was fun. Like for a while, I was straddling both. Like, especially, I wanted to do a show at the Velveeta Room. Mm -hmm. and I remember time, and I was this is a million managers ago yeah. and stuff, so it doesn't really affect it. I'm not talking about current people that work there. Don't worry, it wasn't you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get but, offended, guys. But I, uh, and I understand now, they, they said no, and I was like, well, wait, I was going to play a small, I wanted to do it in a comedy club because I, my whole point was I do sideshow comedy. In fact, mm -hmm. I mean, again, not to be an ego man, but I helped create this genre. It's, it's comedy magic, but with sideshow stunts, and yeah. that was the motivation. I looked at Amazing Jonathan. I looked at Penn and Teller. They're, you know, heroes now, colleagues, people I've met and talked to about it. And I was like, yeah, I would literally sell my show to venues by saying, um, I'm like Penn and Teller or Amazing Jonathan. Mm -hmm. It's comedy, but the things I do are real instead of magic tricks. And that was a good way to break it and, and go through. And, you know, it worked, but the comedy clubs, I didn't understand how they work as family. They build talent and they mm -hmm. cared. So to me, I was just looking at it as numbers. I was like, fuck you. I, I'll go to old emos, emos when emos was on Riverside. Yeah, yeah, like, I do, yeah. yeah and, I, and I fucking sold that room out. And I, like, part of me in the back of my mind was like, fuck you, Velveeta room. This yeah. is 200 more people than you hold. And I sold it out. That's the point. But now as a comic, I'm like, I'm on there. I'm on old Velveeta room side. I'm like, yeah, don't let any random, I don't care how many tickets they sell, let them go somewhere else. Yeah. This is the comedy venue for comedy acts that are Austin comedy acts yeah. or visiting that respect the thing. And that's what I was simply was not respecting the venue. Yeah. That's on me. And, but they like said at the time it would have been real hard to explain that to me. No, I totally <laughs> get you dude. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's good that like you've taken the time and learned it now. I mean, shoot, man. You've lived an interesting life. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I mean, just even a summarized that's, that's version the, that's of That's the a, goal, man. It's no. A, don't, be a, don't have a boring fucking story, man. No, exactly. Yeah, thank well, you. Uh, if you're going to have a boring story, make it a good boring story. Like, yeah. if, you, if you have a boring story because you worked in an office, like an adoption agency, and never took any risks or whatever, well, thank you for getting kids adopted. You have done yeah. You are a good person. <laughs> we actually need a lot more of Woo. you. But, and so, this is, since I'm not capable of doing that, the only way I can say thank you is I hope I can make you smile and laugh while you do the boring shit that makes the world continue to work no that's that's, <laughs> that's really good um 
Well, we're going to wrap up the podcast. It, the right. floor is yours if you want to promote <laughs> your stuff, and then I'll kind of wrap it up. The floor is mine. Well, we did it at the top. Let's do it at the bottom. Yep. Check out my book, Once More Through the Modified Looking Glass, available on Kindle now. Yep. If you get lost or forget or whatever, just remember the lizard man. Put a .com after it, and you'll find my half-assed do-it-yourself <laughs> website that was actually cutting edge about 20 years ago. <laughs> back when back when we were all web designers. Yeah. yeah. If you were in Sideshow, Variety, Comedy, whatever, in the 90s, you were a web designer. But then, you know, shit got technical and the real nerds took yeah. over and I can't do shit anymore. So other than that, you. listen to podcasts, support young people, go Thank do you. art, put a fucking mask on and be safe. Fucking yeah. I know. <laughs> Good message. Guys, if, uh, if, if you can't find it, all the links are in the bio for, for his book, his website, all that stuff. Go check it out. Give him a follow. Stay in with the stuff. Hey, man, thank you so much for doing it because uh, uh, this was fun. We got to have a yeah. conversation. You treated me like I was just, you know, like just another performer, not that it, like you were higher than me or anything. And it's cool because, like I told you, well, when you I know, when, you, you, when you're the king, it's okay to let all the peasants think exactly, they're equal. It's yeah. all right. Uh, thank you for letting me in your, uh, in your kingdom. For I tell you, I know all the right things to say. That no, doesn't mean I believe them. <laughs> no, but just uh, no. you're someone that, like I told you when I met you, I grew up seeing your picture at book fairs and stuff. So it's an honor to have you on this podcast. That's, I really appreciate that's, that. That's. It's that's one of those things where I, I love hearing that. I mean, it, sometimes it does make me feel fucking old, and, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> but it also makes me feel good. Where I'm like, oh well, that means like it, the shit you remember from your childhood has some significance, right? Yeah. When it's that far away, so I'm like, hey, I made an impression. No, one hundred percent. And yeah. you know, like if it's an influence, you talk about like treating people. I'm like, look, if there's anything that comes close to the egalitarian, egalitarian, that's the word, egalitarian, yeah. egalitarian ideal of you know we're all in this together. It's arts or creative yeah. because yeah, there's, there's no telling who's going to have the brilliant idea or the insight yeah, or whatever. Exactly. We're all just sort of fumbling around going, let me yeah. just grab something like that. And you, you could say like, yeah, with time and skill, you get good. So you're like, you know, you can, the guys who give me the newspaper or rip off the headline. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's because they skill and they, it's like improv. You learn formulas and you learn yeah. things, connections like that, or you get more life experience and you're like, Oh, I can reach out to more people cause I can explain this to a greater group. But at the end of the day, it really is just a fucking crap. Exactly, it's like, like yeah. reaching for something. <laughs> Let's go. So if people's thing, anytime people say, like, oh, they're, I'm, I'm above. Like, that's the sad. It's like, look, all you may have done is, okay, maybe you've made more money. Yeah. Or maybe you've had more viewers or listeners yeah. or whatever like that. But that doesn't speak to the quality of what you've done. That's true. Right? It doesn't treat I mean, the quality of person you are. Fucking more people have eaten government cheese than the finest uh, yeah. brie from from Spain, right? Like, so does that make it better? No, it just makes no. it the cheese we had. Right? Exactly. That's yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, well, thank you again for yeah. doing it, man. For the listeners, guys, thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time or your seventy-first time, I appreciate you. Uh, for me, uh, is that it, how uh, many episodes there are? Seventy-one. Yeah, yeah, Seventy-one. <laughs> okay, I always cool. do that. I've been doing it since episode one. Whether it's your first time and or your second right. time, and it's now like part of the outro. So uh, I was just say, it's a good gag, but only if you keep doing it. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I've missed it yet. So uh, when, uh, a bit more important, when you got to sixty-nine, did you say nice after it? Oh, dude, the episode <laughs> was titled sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> was just the name of because I was so excited for that episode. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe uh, for shows right now. The one I got booked for August is August 29th in San Marcos at Half Baked Comedy at like AJ CBD Lounge. Check that out. I'll have more dates coming up, and I'll keep you guys updated. Other than that, thank you guys for listening, and most importantly, thank you for letting us be your Yeah. Check it out now, it's like this shawl, it's like that Anna, it's like this shawl, it's like that Anna, like that, check it out now, check it out, hey, yo. This one right here is about a girl, and you've seen this girl before.
sure if you've been to any club in the whole wide world. Check it out. Her nickname's Last Resort. See her in the corner with a plastic fork. You see her at the side of your eyes. Only girl in the club is smuggled in some chili fries. This has been a Your Last Resort production.